0: How many times did you write salad while you were taking your <laughs> notes?
1: The, look, I, I have when I was doing uh, When I was writing about the chaos phage in my notes in the last slot episode, yeah, and it kept autocorrecting to um, to the chaps page,
0: yeah. <laughs> to figure out what a slod salad would look like. <laughs> I mean we do have all of the colors.
1: Well I bet yeah. when they're hanging out at the uh at the spawning stone they're they're tossing some slots.
0: I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna hate today. <laughs>
2: Kyle's
1: like it's too early for the shit. <laughs>
2: My biggest mistake was every time I was writing sendem, I would capitalize the both S's. Okay. So I was just writing SS a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. It's <laughs> not a thing you do. Language is hard. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get.
2: Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on Monsters in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I'm Kyle, and with me today are Adam and Megan, and this episode is called Slatty and How to Send Them Packing
0: in this episode of the it's podcast the panel of dungeon masters is going to return to the conversation on the toad-like creatures from the chaotic neutral plane of limbo the Sladi. but who was the first slod <laughs> it's gonna be a long day <laughs> like, that's like, a... Like, like no i'm asking who <laughs> first slot <laughs> but who is the first slot when do they evolve and how dangerous can they really be
1: last time we talked about the slotty we covered the basics and discussed or disgust their unusual methods of procreating um, but before we launch into our discussion on the big nasties i want to ask what are the biggest pitfalls that new dms might experience when running high-level chaotic evil bad guys mm. do we roll on this let's roll on. sure it. I I would last with a ten. I'm a fifteen. All right, Kyle. Uh, All
2: right. So I think one of the biggest pitfalls is not being prepared and thereby not using their abilities effectively. I know that was an issue for me when I was running a high level bad guy. Is that I wasn't I didn't read through all the abilities and so I wasn't creating a, a well rounded enough encounter for it.
1: Yeah, the other side of it, too, is that they have so many abilities that you almost have to strategize what are the big power moves that you want to get off in the first two, three rounds. I plan the first two or three rounds. As a DM, I know what the map is. I know who who my players are. I know what their tactics usually are. And I know where I want to start this guy. And so, from that standpoint, I can bring a little bit of strategy to it instead of the players who just... As Megan says, rock up into the place and fucking. Do I say
0: rock up a lot?
1: Uh, Every time. Great. There are only two modes of movement in Megan's life it's scooching or rocking up. up. (laughs) Fuck! We're we're gonna learn some shit about ourselves today. Wow!
0: That's unpredictable. Um. No, I think that when you're playing a big, bad, chaotic, evil guy, sometimes you can forget that, you know, they probably have a soul somewhere. Their motivation can come from someplace, like, and you're not always going to be, you know, rude and mean and X, Y, Z. I feel like there's, like, a room for having a bit of a soul and having a bit of a heart and then making sure that you remember what your motivations are like because i can get lost in being an evil person on a regular basis forgetting that like there was a reason i am here Mm. right it's
2: just too close to your natural person yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) rocking up just being chaotic evil and then scooching on into just being a soulful heart-filled person
1: um the big problem that I see with the uh, with people playing chaotic evil bad guys is they tend to do the um the chaos is is wacky and random and you'll never understand why I'm doing this. But there is definitively a reason yeah. why they're doing like yeah. chaotic evil does not mean they don't have a plan.
0: Well that they're mm-hmm. stupid.
1: Yeah. yeah. I look at like <laughs> And oftentimes, the chaotic evil means that they. When you're high level, it's that you're producing the idea of chaos. It's not that you are chaotic necessarily yourself. You look like at Joker mm-hmm. um, from the Dark Knight. That guy goes off, but do I look like the kind of guy that has a plan? Clearly, man, where'd you get that bazooka? You rented this truck. Yeah. You had enough <laughs> foresight. To sew a bomb into a dude, yeah. you got a plan. You're just promoting chaos. Yeah, right. You so wrote a
0: list at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. You,
1: you tattooed it on the side of a poodle, but you wrote a list. Yeah. The list right? was made yeah.
0: <laughs> I really want to find that poodle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at some point, it's devolved into a grocery list,
0: oh. it. it. Like it's just fun. now. I'm imagining like a horde of kobolds just covered in writing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, and, and one very forgetful black dragon who just has to keep writing uh, who, who's my grocery list yeah. Kevin
2: <laughs> it's like Memento but he does it on other people instead yeah. Yeah. where's
1: my Tuesday list get over here is
0: that our Camilla
1: yeah. when, when, when they don't line up in the right order it just throws this whole week off yeah
0: <laughs> where did Friday go <laughs> you ate him last yeah. week
1: <laughs> looks like Friday cleared up everyone gets the day off yeah
0: Whereas today was actually a legitimately important day.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's an army standing on the battlefield going, we're supposed to be fighting
2: a dragon. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Now I'm just imagining like a very polite, chaotic, evil bad guy. Like, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Would you would you come over here, please?
1: I just need to, you know, mutilate like, your body. I feel like Kefka would have been really polite, and he's chaotic evil from Final Fantasy VI. Oh yeah, one hundred percent.
0: Right. Because that's to draw you in, right? Yeah. Is where that that calm, polite demeanor comes from.
2: Uh, so before we get started
3: and go any deeper into this, let's cut to a quick ad break. We've previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on monsters in Fifth Edition. For all of those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check out our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's Mimic, or just send a shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. Before
1: we go any further, I just want to say thank you to two more people who have subscribed to our Patreon. I'd like to say thank you to Scott Tarzinski and I'm going to do my best with this one, Chukumika Uchendu. Thank you so much for subscribing. Don't forget to check your messages on Patreon to get the link to the Discord. On the Patreon this week, Jeff and I sit down to discuss the idea of diplomacy and how to get some dynamic encounters out of it. And for those of you who aren't following us on Instagram or Facebook we're unveiling a new Undead logo, put together by our very own, very talented professional artist, Megan. So make sure you go check us out on Facebook, Instagram, I'll throw it up there on Reddit as well. And of course, you'll also see it on YouTube. Now let's get back to the episode.
2: Uh, So in our previous episode, we covered the creation of the Slad through the introduction of the Spawning Stone into Limbo. Uh, creation of Primus, the Lord of Modrons, who thought it would bring order to Limbo through its geometrical perfection. Uh, we also covered the red and blue slads, along with the slad tadpole, their stat blocks, and I want to say mating habits, but that feels like the wrong word. Reproductive uh, pro- cycle,
1: procreate. Yeah, the procreation. Yeah, how they how they how they make babies. Yeah, yeah.
0: how we make squish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't squish the babies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Damn it. <laughs>
2: and what that looks like through their egg-laying and the Chaos Phage uh, for both Red and Blues, respectively. Uh, and we also covered uh, the Control Gem variant rules. Uh, today we're going to start off by talking about Sandem, the Lord of Madness and the First of the Sladi Race. So, when Primus first brought the Spawning Stone into Limbo, a piece of it broke off and ended up impaling the god eventually becoming infected and manifesting into the first known case of the Chaos Phage. Um, An infection that caused Primus to become both confused and feverish, and becoming fearful of what might happen if he brought it back to Mechanus. Uh, Primus ended up purging the piece of stone from himself along with all the infected tissue basically, like, popping a god-sized zit.
3: Why? Huh?
1: <laughs> I, I figured it was like like pulling a sliver, but like an infected sliver out. Like, like you pull it out, and then you gotta, like, force the pus out. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... You're just squeezing it, I guess. They're doing hand yeah.
0: motions, guys, yeah. and I don't like it. Do you want me to make
1: sound
2: effects, too? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, in the presence of the spawning stone and the twisted influence that is Limbo... Uh, that foul discharge eventually manifested itself into Sendam, the first of its kind.
1: Foul discharge, you yeah, like that? Yeah, that was
0: It what? David.
1: That is a dishonorable discharge, <laughs> absolutely.
0: So, okay,
4: it's Dishonorable discharge. <laughs> uh, okay,
0: keep going.
2: So Sendam being... A being of ultimate chaos, uh, their only desire is to see madness spread throughout the entire universe, and seeing the proliferation of the slaty kind to the farthest reaches of the universe. And though Limbo may be its home, uh, Sendem has no real interest in spending any time there. Instead, choosing to spend his time traveling amongst the mortal worlds Seeking new and unsuspecting planets with seeking so new life and new civilization. Yeah, to,
1: it, he boldly goes.
2: Yeah, to, I guess, but boldly goes. <laughs> There's a boldness about it. This. Definitely doesn't follow the Prime Directive. No, okay. <laughs> it is infecting every planet it can with the chaos phage and seeing the eradication of all non-slatty life. Uh, when sendem first comes to a world, what it will do is travel the waterways in the form of a golden amoeba. Uh, seeking an ideal host for itself, one who has the capacity to summon the Sladi to the planet. And once Sendum has found one, it will allow its chosen victim to drink it, uh, either through water or wine, and then slowly corrupt their mind uh, and make the host obsessed with the slatty race and
1: figuring out ways to summon it.
0: Does it specifically say water or wine? Yeah. Interesting.
1: I like that. That's fun. Like, it's
0: very specific
2: mm-hmm. beverage.
1: Yeah. And I'm also just picturing like, hey, I'm a golden amoeba like slurping across the floor at a microscopic <laughs> level, it like to get into this cask. No. Like that is some that is some dedication. Well, it, when it's in the amoeba form, it's considered small. Oh shit. That's so you can so, see it. Yeah. So it's like amoeba shaped, not amoeba sized. Yeah. Wow.
2: And in previous editions it was like a a giant amoeba. It's like twenty feet by twenty feet. Cool. It's a lot
1: of cilia moving around. and yeah. That. yeah. Oh,
2: and the nucleus was a brain. Cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Ew. <laughs> you're you're going to have a bad morning here, it's Meg. Brilliant. yeah really yeah. yeah.
0: I've not had enough coffee for this.
1: <laughs> so uh,
2: once the host completes its goal and Sendam has views that there is enough slot in the world to begin its master plan, it will fully take over the host. And like a disgusting butterfly, transform into the, its golden slot form. Killing the host in the process and freeing Sendem to fully concentrate on just wiping out all non slatty life.
1: That's fun. Mm. Yeah. I uh, hope he cocoons. That'd be gross. I mean, it's basically like the chaos page. Like, it's, yeah, it yeah, corrupts it. Slowly, yeah.
0: But I like the cocooning imagery. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I like
1: that as well. Or even if just, like, like all of the orifices, like, heal over, and then he, like, peels his way out of the skin. Oh, right? like um, Ace Ventura, when he's coming out of the rhino's butt. Yeah, like that.
0: What a weird... Like... <laughs> out of all of the options, that's I, I, the one
1: I, that you I, went with. <laughs> I was thinking of Kafka, and I'm like, I'm also thinking, because I said Kafka a minute ago. And I was also thinking of, like like, the fly. Okay. Right? And then you took me to Ace Ventura and I'm happier
4: there. WARM!
2: And we are five minutes into this.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
2: Yeah,
1: today will be a drinking day, yes. Today will
0: be a drinking day, everyone. <laughs> Grab a cup. <laughs> Just make sure it's not wine. <laughs>
2: Uh, so in terms of stats, Sendem is a large, chaotic, evil aberration that sits at uh, 23 CR. Has an AC of 19 from natural armor, around 300 hit points, 30 feet of walking and swim speed, godlike ability scores with the lowest being a plus four in wisdom and a plus high or a plus eight being the high in charisma. It also gets a boost in Dex. Con, and Charisma saving throws with a plus 14, 13, and 15, respectively. Uh, it is skilled in Arcana, Deception, Insight, Intimidation, and Perception, all of which are 11 and up. Uh, Sendem also has Resistance to Acid, Cold, Fire, lightning, and thunder damage, while being immune to necrotic, poison, and non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage.
0: It's like you're fighting a sentient giant gelatinous cube. Yeah,
1: a little bit. Although not that—is like, he giant? What's that? How? Like, it's large. He's large. Yeah. But,
0: but just like just yeah, using yeah. the word, but like just that's what it sounds like to me when you talk about it. Blah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it is also immune to the charmed, exhausted. Frightened and poison conditions, has blind feet up to sixty foot, uh, 120 feet of true sight, and a passive perception of twenty-one. It speaks all languages and has telepathy to a range of 120
1: feet.
0: Ooh, all languages, hey? Yeah.
1: Uh, f- when you hit that point, they tend to just like know everything. Also That's yeah, a god. Yeah, he yeah. he jumps around. Yeah. Right. And we we also got him in the Minskin Boo's Journal of Villainy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So at that point they were all big high powered things and I think almost everything in there has just crazy shit like that yeah. okay, you can just know everything or you can you have auras you're doing crazy things magic
0: yeah. magic so. magic magic yeah
2: uh, so for abilities it has aura of madness which means any creature that ends its turn within 10 feet of sendem uh, that is an undead or a construct has to make a dc20 charisma save or suffer a random short-term madness uh, but if they succeed they become immune to the madness for an hour. Sendim also gets three legendary resistances per day. Uh, magic resistance, giving them an advantage against magic spells and effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, its attacks count as magic. Uh, has innate spellcasting with a spell, see- spell save DC of 23 and a plus 15 to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at will, it can cast detect good and evil, detect magic, detect thoughts, dispel magic, fear, fly, mass suggestion, and plane shift. Uh, tw- twice per day, it gets finger of death and flame strike and then once per day it can cast any power word spell. Uh, For abilities, it also gets the Shape Changer ability, where as an action, it can either turn into a small or medium humanoid, and between their golden slot form and the golden amoeba form. Uh, The stats stay the same, regardless of uh, form, except for when it's an amoeba form, it gets advantage on strength and dex checks, has a walking speed of 40 feet, uh, can stop in hostile creatures' spaces fit through gaps as narrow as one inch, and on top of that, it also gets resistance to all damage except for Radiant and Psychic, regenerates 40 hit points at the beginning of each of its turns. Mm.
4: Uh,
2: however, in the amoeba form, it can't speak, and the only action it can take is the Shape Changer ability.
1: I mean, that's fair. I would also argue that it doesn't have a 40-foot walking speed. It has a 40-foot slithering speed. Yeah. Oh, it says, like, yeah. like, a
0: slugging, slugging speed. It
1: the slugging speed. <clears throat>
0: Sorry so they, they can phase into that phase whenever they feel like it or is it like a It's an action. But an action, okay.
2: But also it gets a reaction where it can also turn into the amoeba form and void all damage
1: that it would take.
0: Yeah, so this is your this is your so tuck and roll for yeah. yeah.
1: Also and that's interesting because a lot of the high powered slot and everything they have a they already have the get out of jail free card with the planar shift, mm-hmm. right? Um so that is when the when they start to lose they get the fuck out right yeah, yeah um and i assume that they always go back to limbo but they don't necessarily have to and he's hopped enough worlds and enough planets that he'd be able to go pretty much wherever he wants mm-hmm. or it sorry but yeah. it... well
2: in the book it's refers to send him as a she but it just feels wrong why would it be the only one to get a gender
1: yeah um specifically when they get okay so we don't really get into this but there are lords of the slotty as yeah. well. Um, we don't get this in fifth edition, but in previous edition, these are the ones that are so fucking high powered that there's CR like 18 and above. Mm-hmm. They always have a gender. Yeah. Nothing below that does, which is really strange to me. And I feel like there's, that might just be more out of, um, uh, an inconsistency in the writing yeah. than an actual like purposeful idea. Yeah, So I can see that. I, I, yeah. So speaking of the
2: reaction, though, I, I was reading about the previous editions with Sandem, and it used to have an ability where if you hit it with a weapon, it could just stick the weapon to itself. Nice. So you would have to beat a strength check to rip the weapon away, and it could hold up to four weapons. Because it's slimy or because it's magnetic? I uh, I sticky. <laughs> Like it would pull stuff into it and then like absorb it. So it would basically act like an ooze kind yeah, of
0: Yeah, I feel like that would be broken in the sense then like what if your armor touched it? Like then you're like oh, a, th- that's
1: very much a thing that you had to deal with in previous editions. But that's what it? I mean. Yeah. It's like
0: I feel like people being like, That's fucking stupid and broken.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This thing would have been impossible to fight in previous editions. Yeah.
1: Well, in previous editions too, you had a plus eighty-five strength to, to pull away. Right? Oh, okay. Like <laughs> forget it, that the math is different. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There, there, there is no, there is no bounded accuracy. There's no the the action economy is fucking wild. Yeah. Back then, right? So like now, using an action to do something is like painful. Back then, it was like, all right, it's okay. I have seventy three more actions, yeah. so like, I, I'm okay.
0: I do that it on action seventy six, but I'm mean, gonna
1: use seventy one of them to grapple. Yeah, because that was how grappling worked back then as well. Is you just rolling four hundred dice to maybe get in an arm wrestle? Yeah, okay, should just
0: really get rid of grappling.
1: No, Megan. No, yeah. no. We'll we'll just change the name to forceful hugging.
0: <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the apostrophe at the yeah, forceful huggin'. hugging. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, So for actions, while in the non-amoeba form, it can summon up to 1d4 plus 1 Desladi once per day for one minute within 60 feet of itself, which already is crazy. Uh, It can teleport up to 120 feet, or it can make three attacks, two with its Chaos Staff and one with its Touch of Madness, uh, both of which are considered melee weapon attacks with plus 12 to hit, 5-foot reach, and against a single
1: target. Uh. Again... That's a get-out-of-jail-free card because if you're fighting a level 20 party, 10 death slot, or sorry, uh, 4 death slot? Yeah, uh, up to 5, slot-y. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, right? So that's one for each player to go up against. And remember, they're CR 10, I think, right? Mm. But that's a level 10 parties are supposed to go up against, right? So they're going toe-to-toe with the players for a minute there, allowing Sendum to fuck off and plane Shift or yeah. go Amoeba or whatever. There's a lot of, like... Haha, ha, You think you got me, but nope. There's a lot of that shit going on here.
0: It's more of a kafaw.
1: <laughs> this is going to be that set piece battle that lasts two and a half hours, and people are dropping and getting back up, and and having to like retreat to the next room, and like this this is gonna this is a big deal. This yeah. is one of those anime battles that lasts three episodes.
0: <laughs> oh, if you say anime battle, this would be a whole like chapter season of fifteen episodes. This is and a even my final form. Yeah. <laughs> When you said that his, his forms don't really change his stats that much, I'm like, this is not an anime. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take off my weighted clothing.
1: Now <laughs> would just assume they always have like like fishing weights sewn in, so it thumps to the ground and they stand up more. Well, that actually happens in an anime. It's more common yeah. than you would yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> like, it
0: happens like 19 animes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I'm now picturing the the characters sitting there at 2 in the morning sewing fishing weights into their robes, going, ha they'll never see it coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get stronger.
2: <laughs> uh, so the Chaos staff uh, deals an average of 28 bludgeoning and necrotic damage, has a DC-19 con save for it uh, to avoid being stunned, which can be repeated Ooh. at the end of each of its turns. Yeah, but it gets even better with the Touch of Madness attack, that does an average of 26, also slashing a necrotic, um, forcing the target to make a DC 20 charisma save, where on a fail, the target suffers a random short-term madness, which wouldn't be all that bad, except if the target is already suffering from a short-term madness, that gets upgraded to a long-term madness.
0: Cool. Yeah. Upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> Love me a good long-term <laughs> <laughs> madness. <laughs> cool. That's really cool.
2: Uh, I covered its reaction already, uh, but it also gets three legendary actions, uh, where I can choose to use the Chaos Staff, teleport, or using two actions can use Subversion, where it forces every creature within 60 feet of itself that is suffering from a form of madness to use their reaction to attack another creature
1: within five feet of themselves. Hmm. I'm always, I'm always a fan of no hit that guy. Yeah. And again, there used to be more of that in previous editions. There are ways to do it now, but every time I do it in fifth edition, I always feel bad, like my players. <laughs> Like, because the players are superheroes and the monsters are chumps by stat block alone, ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Like, they're the players just have the ability to do a shit ten more damage. So when you say, "Hey, the fighter's is going to turn around and hit the paladin," the paladin's going to lose a fucking leg. Yeah. Oh, so.
0: I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that actually happened, and uh, I think that actually happened twice. I think Terry lost a leg one time. We've all was, lost uh, limbs
0: because of you, Adam. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs>
2: Well, in the game I was playing on Thursday, uh, our druid um, had it happen where he had to attack a random character with his most powerful attacks. Yeah, that's, that's written right yeah, into anyway. my into my freaking... I'm assuming it's a crit table. Yeah. It's a crit fail? Yeah. Yeah. That was real dickish. It was just like, blight, blight.
1: <laughs>
0: Laser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that is because... I had to put that in there because um, three campaigns ago, it was... You have to attack the closest person, and so they drop their sword and slap them for one damage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fuck right Let off. me... Re- you're like... Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to redo this. Never again. You abused it once, and yeah. now I've learned.
0: <laughs> Chaotic evil. You <laughs> abused it once. <laughs> I, I think that's lawful evil. <laughs> yeah. I gave you a chance to yeah. not be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Then once again, you disappoint. Here we are. (laughs) and
0: There you stand.
2: (laughs) Uh, So finally, it also has a couple of regional effects and layer actions. Uh, The first layer action forces all creatures within 30 feet of Sendem to make a DC 20 wisdom saving throw or be placed under the confusion spell until the end of the next round. And for the second, uh, any creature that casts a spell within 60 feet of Sendem uh, before Sendem's next turn has to roll on the wild magic table.
0: Oh my
2: Good. god. Good.
1: That is what should be happening. Yeah. I love that.
0: Madness. Yeah. Madness. If
1: the Wild Magic Table is too wacky, chaotic bullshit though for some DMs, there's also a minor wild magic table that uh the new Wild Magic Barbarian has as well. Yeah. So it's different than the Sorcerer one. I would investigate that, maybe even merge them somehow. The Barbarian one though, it's mostly positive effects. Yeah, but, it, but it's stuff like you teleport somewhere else like after every attack or whatnot. Okay. But I would have it, so like Sendum chooses where you teleport to. Okay. Right? Yeah. I would tweak them, but yeah, they are mostly positive. Mm. Like mm. I would have a, a one of the ones affects weapon damage type, and I would just make you roll a D10 to see because Sendum is is resistant yes. to so many different kinds. Right? Yeah. So yeah, That's a good idea. I, I'm going to use my Radiant attack. No, yeah. no you're not.
2: <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so for regional effects it kind of works along the same vein so any creature that casts a spell within a mile of his lair has to roll a d20 and if they get a 1 they have to roll in the wild magic table mm-hmm. uh, and then any creatures that take a long or short rest within 10 miles of the lair must beat a dc20 wisdom saving throw or be subject to a short term madness
0: holy shit
1: yeah all of this is fun yeah however that regional effect thing, if you roll a one, normally when you're rocking up Megan to uh, <laughs> like the lair where you're gonna be fighting this guy, like you've hunted down the big bad evil guy and stuff, you're not dicking about within that mile, you're doing a laser run towards them right like it's a straight line yeah but so, i mean if you have like a dungeon around it that you have to get to the and, center of yeah and that's everything. kind of where i was thinking like you you need to build a dungeon you have to put guards you've got to put something where they are casting lots and lots and lots of spells mm-hmm. and it, i would knowing that when i'm trying to trigger this one to, to give them a clue that this is happening that you're close Because that's the point of this is I'm trying to drop these these clues, these environmental bits. Mm. I would have it so that they're using cantrips, so that they're not burning their high level spell slots, but they're you know there's a lot of little minion type things. So firebolt, firebolt, firebolt. And when they cast 900 firebolts, you're gonna hit a couple of ones. You're gonna roll in the wild magic. You're gonna make them go, oh shit, wait a minute, yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, something's happening here. And if they're not triggering that, and that's just going to waste. At some point, I'm just gonna say, okay, if they don't do it in. Twelve different spells. The thirteenth one will pop off. Mm. So, mm. I don't. I don't like the idea of having these big, awesome set piece things that you can do, and then having it fizzle because your players, because time is not managed properly in fifth edition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. That's fair. All right. Uh, well, let's get into a conversation about this. Uh, let's roll some dice.
4: Mm-hmm. Sorry. Excuse me.
1: Oh, I got a two. I got a six. Oh, I'm going first with a nine, I guess. Wow. I would last with a 10, and now you're going first
2: with a nine. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay, so potential as a big, bad, evil guy. Uh, I think Sendem makes a great one, and I got a bunch of ideas for it. Uh, I think it makes a great potential slow burn with a lot of red herrings thrown in, mm-hmm. um, especially since Sendem acts as more of an influence than through direct action. I'd love to see them infecting like a bunch of different people. So you have pockets of Slatty all throughout a world while your party is going about a different sort of campaign. Yeah. And each one can have its own unique leader and methodology. So, I mean, we could work in pretty much all of the stuff we talked about in the last episode as well. Yeah. And I could see it as a situation where the party thinks they're tracking down like a cult. But in reality, they're just following a trail of destruction that's left by Sandem as it goes through. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. What's interesting here for me is that I, I would really take the Tyranny of Dragons storyline and i would swap it so it's not dragons it's slot it's not kobolds it's um it's bullywugs, right and it's and the the cultists stay the same but they're all like in the process of warping and getting changed it's not hard to do that when you have a high level big bad evil guy like this at at the very end so um big bad evil girl sorry sorry everybody thank you yeah (laughs) um but uh Woman, but, but that's fine. You know, <laughs> I, I was going with the G, the B B E G. maybe Big you people gal. Gal, I
0: right, like that better.
1: Um, so, um, so when I'm looking at at Sendum as a um, as a campaign villain, she's going to fit in all sorts of different interesting places inside the actual um, uh, published materials. Mm-hmm. This is someone that can tie together all of the different things that are happening in the Radiant Citadel. She's perfect for lining up a series of world-hopping adventures in Spelljammer. Yeah. Right? She'd be a really good uh, opportunity to go visit ravnica for a little while and then eberron for a little while and she's just in and out and creating havoc wherever she goes um another good one would be so there's all of these books in candle keep you're playing candle keep right now is there yes. anything tying that shit together like there's no big overarching villain it's just adventure of the week right
2: yeah i think so i mean i haven't gotten far enough into it but uh, well, I, I i've read it there's okay. there's
1: no framing device there's nothing that's you go you go back to Candlekeep. candle keep you dick around to the library for 20 minutes of gameplay, you talk to an NPC and then another adventure, yeah. right? And that's it. Well, Sendem is a great example of someone who's out there fucking with things just to fuck with it, right? Mm. So that you're going out and you realize that, hey, all of these things have slowly been building towards this one big evil showdown, right? Yeah. Um, and Candle Keep only goes level like. 16, 15, 14, somewhere around there, which means you have all of tier four to build that up even further, right? Mm-hmm. You can reveal that and now you can fight some slotty. And so I really like them as an alternative for your campaign bad guys. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. I like the idea that it's, it's your background bad, big bad evil guy that your team can choose whether or not they deal with it or not. Yeah. Like no. it would make a really good bad, big bad evil guy. And it would make a really good battle based on like what the layers look like and all that kind of stuff like it's, it's going to have to utilize a lot of their brain power to be able to figure out how to kill this thing so but i would again have it in the background like you have mm. your main campaign that you're going through kind of like what you were saying kyle and you see these little like plot clues of the fact that there's this thing that's going to be hanging around somewhere but you don't think anything of it yeah. until one day you see it and then adding in now adam's idea of the sense that where she pops in and out of existence in the different areas so like maybe you missed your chance to get it And then it's up to your team whether or not they want to figure out how to find it. And then go on from there, right?
1: I also really like the idea of seeing her. If you're going to do a slotty campaign... The idea of your characters, like we said last time that we had this discussion a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. um, you would get infected, a player would get infected um, and know they're infected, not be able to deal with it as they're slowly changing over time. We need to go get the appropriate spells. We got to go to a town. We have to learn about this. Yeah, like, yeah. what is so, this? Yeah. So they've seen a couple of NPCs die horribly. They fought a couple of, of um, individual slotty as well up till this point. And so they head back to a village. There's a nearby village with a high powered priest, or whatever. And Sendem is there just raising the place to the ground. They come over the hill. The place is on fire. Mm-hmm. And there's this freaking lord of kit. What, lord madness? of madness? Lord of ultimate. Oh, yeah, a lord of madness. So, like, in the middle, the people are screaming in the streets and grabbing their heads. As they all go crazy with their madnesses and whatnot. Yeah. You're like, holy shit. And then she turns into a golden amoeba and plane shifts out yeah right like i know that by the stat blocks you can't do that but i would i would have Oh, that let's flavor set. that shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so leaving a couple of low level slotty behind to deal with it, and like okay shit now what what the fuck and you've just dropped this hint that this is so much worse than we thought it was
2: yeah yeah so so going into the quest ideas like i like the idea of having it not like The sled not being the primary objective, right? Like, Mm -hmm. not even talk about them. So, I was thinking, like, the party gets tasked with, say, finding a MacGuffin, right? And so, they have to go to all these different locales to try to find information on where it might be, who last had it, etc. But everywhere they go, they keep finding these pockets
1: of sled. So, I mean, the party might think... Can you imagine they just find, like, dead tadpoles for a while first? Yeah, right. They just they just died. They went out in the wilderness and and a, and a dire wolf kind of ate half of one. Yeah. And like you you're getting the little corpse bits and the and the wet bits first. The yeah. wet bits. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> Do I Adam?
1: <laughs> oh, well, let me draw you a picture. <laughs> Please don't.
0: <laughs> I've seen your art.
2: <laughs> uh, but I mean, so in the lore it talks about uh Sendem will take over one body, but I like the idea of just infecting like a little bit of people. Right? Just a just little, going, just a
0: small madness. Yeah, just going
2: yeah. in <laughs> and like corrupting one mine to get them to some of the Sladi. So maybe in one village, you might have a bunch of villagers being kidnapped, right? Whereas yeah. in the next one, they're actually being attacked by a bunch of slod, And then, I don't know, something else in another one, right? Option uh, three. Uh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> because they, CD. <laughs> but because they come in five different flavors, they're great enemies to throw at a progressively stronger
1: party, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and when you're like, well, I don't really have anything for proper CR12. Y- yeah, you do. You have four red slotty. To, yeah. Like, just, just duplicating them and putting them together or mixing and matching or giving them time to plan is enough to, to make this more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, there's three scenarios
2: that I would love to see Sendem as. Uh, like a traveling snake oil salesman mm-hmm. going into these villages. and being like, here you go, try this. And then it just ends up infecting them with Sendem. Mm-hmm. Um A sort of game show host where contestants think they're winning a vacation, but really they just get sent
1: to a slot internment camp. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. Wow. <Yeah>. Rough. <laughs> Their internment camps are really just breeding... Yeah. Pools, right? Oh yeah, like, yeah. They're they're spawning pits.
2: Yeah, it's a bit like a corral. Yeah. You'll just keep a bunch of them in, together. Yeah. Uh, or like a traveling circus and carnival run by a bunch of undercover slots. And so they're basically just carnies oh, kidnapping God. children and stuff.
1: I love the idea that get like a parking lot outside, but it's all like new and expecting mother parking only. And you're like, well, there's nowhere to park. Oh no, honey. <laughs> 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 you need to know you're already infected. <laughs> I
0: hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah,
1: that's my idea. I, uh, I I think that there's there are so many fun things to do with Sendum. Um, I am really going to... This also gives me, as far as the quest goes, the idea... I could drop this early. Of If you end up ever dealing with any slot, you bump into them. Remember we were talking last time about how s- some of them are... Or they're mostly drawn to the spawning stone. Yeah. Right, but then why do they ever fucking leave? And like, it could be to go find Sendom and um and follow her around and uh and get like she's gonna be the most powerful of all of all Slotty. Right. Mm-hmm. So um almost a pilgrimage, but that's a pilgrimage to find a person that's consistently moving, shape changing, and creating chaos wherever they go. <laughs> and so and remember, she's spawning a bunch of these of these slotty who are then going to be drawn back to the spawning stone. So like, Hey, I, when I was born, I was born from this one, the original slot. Um, just to, I have to go back. I have to get my, my stone in my head. Right. And then I got to go find her again. What a weird life cycle. That is some fucking salmon spawning level shit (laughs) where, where the Creek keeps moving. (laughs) Right. Like, we come back and I know we started here, but like we're looking for our grandmother. <laughs> right. I, I, I just think that would be a neat, like the slutty are, the, remember, they're not evil necessarily. And maybe what they're trying to do is getting you to help them find send them. Yeah. It sounds like an
2: abandoned child trying to track down their mom.
1: Yeah, but like a group of like 10 of them. So yeah, the idea of there's like ten of them that maybe a ship in Spelljammer, and they're just like dicking about flying through space, going, "Oh, we're looking for mom, (laughs) mom, (laughs) holding up a picture of a golden amoeba.
2: Have you seen (laughs) this (laughs) person? (laughs)
1: Have you seen this? Have (laughs) you drank this?
0: (laughs) Did you drink the Kool Aid?
1: Do Do you have any casks of wine? Can we inspect them, please?
0: Can we inspect your casks of wine? Oh my God, their ships would just be full of wine.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) might be in here somewhere guys
0: (laughs) oh my god i like it that's pretty great do you have a quest i do um so i like the idea of leading into finding the weapon like the chaos staff Mm. sounds fucking badass so i feel like that would be an excellent quest for an evil campaign to go and retrieve the chaos staff yeah Like, it's simple, but, like, you would have to then do the explorative stuff of, like, how do we find it? It plain shit, like, it's shit, like, it moves around, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, My other thing about the chaos staff is this is one of these big elemental, like, this is the item of the campaign. Remember you guys did the Rod of Seven parts? Right? So, uh, whenever you have a big Necronomicon or Vecna's eye or whatever it is, it's got to do a bunch of crazy shit. And it's got to be unpredictable. Like, when you get it, that has to be an event. If it is the chaos staff, it should look like different things. It should be different sizes. It should be adapting and changing and warping. You may have seen it three times already and didn't know
0: it. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: 100%. I,
2: considering it's the weapon of the Lord of Madness, I feel like you would have to constantly make charisma saves against it to not go insane.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100%. I would even say that the damn thing is sentient. Not really, but you think it is. Oh, yeah. Because it keeps talking to you. Because yeah. you are going...
2: You out.
0: are insane. Yeah. Oh.
2: oh, the flavor art in the book is great because it's like a staff with a puppet
1: on top. <laughs> like a marionette or like... like I did like a finger puppet. Jesus.
0: I hate it. I hate yeah. it already.
2: <laughs> um,
1: I'm going to say this. If you're going to get into long-term madnesses, short-term madnesses, voices and heads and all that crazy shit, session zero conversation needs to be had you don't know what mental illnesses people have been dealing with yeah yeah like, okay. clear that shit with your party mm-hmm. before you start making that a plot point yeah yeah 100 all right um for role playing uh
2: for me i would play send them as mad as a hatter there would be a lot of cackling involved uh and probably speaking in oblique rhymes in children's nursery rhymes uh, but switching out slad as the subject of them, right? Like the itsy-bitsy slad went up the water spout. Oh, my God. <laughs> Down came the phage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Wipe the humans out. Yeah. Uh, we'd
2: answer questions with questions. Uh, and they would talk to their staff a lot, because it's got a little popping on top. When well, you said
0: staff, I pictured the slots. Really? I only talked to my, my employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> just... That's what, yeah,
1: you said staff, and I want employees as well. <laughs> I <laughed. laughs> um, look, I think that that is rad. I had a real issue when I was coming up with the Slotty episode. How do we portray that they're not evil? I mean, they're destruction, they're chaos, and you need to have an intelligent leader to kind of Push that idea home that we're not the bad guys here. And um, one of the things about it is the idea of um, overall destruction in general of reducing everything back down to its basic building blocks. And this is the little piece of information I had or uh, inspiration that I had after we recorded the last episode, was I think that the way that limbo works, where it's consistently changing the elements and the way that physics work and everything else around, it's getting to the basic rules, the basic building blocks, and reordering, reorganizing, and fixing them, and it dislikes order. Mm. Well, as much as life is chaos, our bodies are literally like the organs go in a specific place, the cells regenerate at a specific rate, but we all bust down to carbon. Right, and I think that that's kind of where they're coming from. We're doing the world a service, the same way that the uh, Circle of Spores Druid is like death is a cycle, and everything has to return, and that's kind of like to the base elements to be able to be reborn again. Um, And uh, that's the Circle of Spores Druid, a slotty, and specifically, send them is hey, we're going to knock over your castle and make it all just bricks, and we're going to bust those down to their base. their base mineral element yeah. so that eventually when limbo has taken over the entire play when it's nothing but chaos there's no order left all of this will be able to be a beautiful uh shifting realm of just wild if if all we have is building blocks and all we have is potential yeah
2: yeah right I, yeah i can see it thinking that intelligent life is an infection and it is seeking to cure the infection of it
1: right yeah so, so that's that's where they're coming from. It's not death for death's sake and fuck you and your good law and life and no, it's it's got, we're doing we're going to reduce everything back down to its base form mm. because that's beautiful. It's wonderful. Mm. It's it's nihilistic and dark, but uh, yes yeah or uh, like Maybe intelligent life is imposing order where there shouldn't be yeah right yeah. in the beginning there was no life there was no light there was darkness mm-hmm. let's get back to that that was good guys look at all the shit that came out of the darkness
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it leads into like my idea for the role playing was to be like do the ADHD side of it they'll start talking about one thing and all of a sudden they'll start talking about something completely different then go into a nursery rhyme and then do like (laughs) oh the
1: stream of consciousness Uh, yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) the constant different waves of thought processes it'll say, oh you remind me of this person I have a story about X blah 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 oh my
1: god it's like having a conversation with my mother (laughs) she's talking about like who she bumped into at the fucking grocery store last week and all of a sudden it's 1962 and she's riding a bus through New Brunswick which reminds her did you see that thing on television mom get back to the secondary Tangent. I've lost track of the original. Suddenly falls thing. into
0: like a Brooklyn accent. Mom, like,
1: <laughs> um, what are you doing?
0: <laughs> what is the point of this conversation? I have
1: not spoken in the last 17 minutes and you have not breathed.
0: Yeah. No. Come
1: on.
0: <laughs> and also it's like, oh, I'm supposed to attack you. <laughs> Battle ensues.
1: Yeah, and then and and, and and then she gives up and she says, right, I gotta go. I think my tea is ready. Hold on. The point of the story was I bumped into so-and-so at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing that okay, back. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I, yeah, that s- send them is, is my mother. Fuck. <laughs> Hopefully, she never hears this episode. My mom doesn't know what dungeons or dragons are, so yeah. I'm pretty sick. My
0: mom doesn't know what the internet is.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can't turn her phone on. Yeah. So, I'm not concerned about her downloading this episode. All right. Could you imagine, though? <laughs> I could get angry phone calls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so, for exploration, I mean, for send 'em I don't, none? I mean, its goal is spreading chaos. I think if you asked it for directions, it's just going to send you somewhere that will either hopefully kill you or drive you insane. Yeah. Uh, But if you're trying to locate them, I like the idea of leaving, like, a trail of chaotic breadcrumbs for the party to follow. Um, So if I was going back to uh, my quest idea, where it's not really the, Sendem isn't the main plot, I like the idea of, uh, you know, while you're looking for the MacGuffin, um, maybe it has to do with the slab. Like, the party has to find this to kill Sendem, or send it away, right? Because... Combat is going to be pretty tough with it. Yep. You, you could have NPCs dropping hints, right? Like, oh, you know what? It's weird. Someone else was just in here looking for, like, the same information kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? And so you kind of hint to it later on.
1: It's hard with Sendum because the idea of exploring and hunting and finding a layer and all this stuff is order. There was, a, when you're tracking things out in the wild, there's an order to it. You, you're following their footprints in a specific way. This is a shape change of The plane shifts. How are you tracking Mm -hmm. Right. And it would be like her mode of of, modus operandi is going to change every 20 fucking minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. It's going to be like, oh, we've seen this in the past. No, you haven't. She's doing different things now. Now, yeah, she's speaking in a Cockney accent right, (laughs) just for the sake of doing it right and um and i feel like actually dan should do the voice of Sandem because his accents just wildly wi- yeah it's it's
0: literally a wild magic accent is <laughs> yeah. what it is
2: i <laughs> i don't know because i mean going back to the lore Sendem will wait for the perfect host right like it's not just going in and infecting anybody it is finding someone with a power like it, it their superhero research.
0: team is going to be like the main target almost for this at yeah. some point. Right? But,
1: but you have to wonder who is the most powerful person by Sendum's... Perspective. Yeah, criteria, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So um, if she ends up going to a world where they're very devout and, what, and it's a priestess sets in charge, that might not be the person she wants to infect. She wants the the warrior this time because no one will see that come. We've got to kind of cut them down from the inside. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll build a warrior cast up of... And like... It could be that side of things, or she could very much lean into the political power. There are different kinds of power, and the different locations the world she lands on might dictate which power that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, So, and simply, again, when you have these immortal creatures that can just plane shift, the view, the scope is so big that we can spend a little time figuring this out, we can fuck with it a little bit, and we can... We can play the long haul here. We only have to destabilize the third most powerful. Um, political structure here because Mm -hmm. then that means that the other two won't be held in check. They will go to war and I win. So they didn't go after the big one that's difficult to get to. They went after the third biggest one. And you'll never figure that shit out because her mind is wild. right? So so this is the kind of thing that makes it difficult to run her as a big bad evil guy. That's leaving clues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You have... I I ran into this problem with... um, with the changelings in Deep Space Nine. They could be anywhere, they could be anyone. They've obviously infiltrated the good guys, but what are they up to? Nobody knows, just random spy shit. Yeah. And we've got ways to test for them, but sometimes they can get around the tests, and sometimes they can't. And I'm like, make up your fucking minds. Figure out what you're doing. Have some rules if if we're going to have a narrative here. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you have to, as a DM, have the logic figured out. Yeah. I mean, I think Sendum
2: lays low. And I think an interesting uh, part of it is that when she takes over a host, that host doesn't instantly gain all the information about the slot, right? All it does is uh, create a spark, making them interested
1: in it. Yeah. Right? So, and... That's actually good. That's the, that's the breadcrumb right there, is yeah. who's researching slotting. Yeah. Yeah, and who's researching summoning. Yeah. Right? Like, how?
2: who's bringing something from another plane into this one?
1: Yeah. We've got our greatest scholars that have been working on uh, summoning magic for the last two years. We don't know why we shifted from agriculture to summoning, but we've been doing it. Oh, shit. You guys are level three of this fucking... Yeah. All our like, crops incursion. are dead, yeah. but
0: we're studying summoning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And I imagine Sendem is going to
2: planets where Slod have never been seen. Yeah, right. It's going to new planets. So
1: I mean, even the Slod being there should be a little bit of a tip off. Yeah. Yeah, or the knowledge of the Slod even. Yeah. Right? So the you find drawings of toad monsters, and everyone's like, oh, they're, they're angels. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, oh, oh dear. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, interesting. Megan? Honestly, I have nothing else to add to this conversation. I feel like we've talked about exploration and clues for Slod for a very long time. <laughs> 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 and we have more to go. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, so moving on to combat. I mean, I think you can really fuck up a party with this guy.
0: Absolutely. But,
2: yeah. Especially with the short and long-term madnesses. I mean, I would probably try to keep combat as short as possible or at least do the fights in stages, right? And kind of warm the party up, give them an idea of what they're facing so maybe they have time to plan what it is um, and give them some sort of item to help in the end if you want it to be like a defeat, right? Something that's going to help them more foil Syndem's plans than actual combat, right? Like, I I think at a given time, if you fuck up enough of Sendum's plans it's just gonna be go find prey easier prey elsewhere Be like you know what not worth it with this plan. it'll come back in a hundred years when you're dead mm-hmm. yeah
1: with the long view like that absolutely right so she's got time to kill um, I am looking at this from a combat perspective thinking a five or six person 20th level party is going to be able to fuck up Sendum pretty hard like, yeah, I can regenerate, what Was it, 40 hit points every round? Yeah, sure. But only
0: when it's in it, and only when she's in her amoeba form, right? Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah.
1: Right, but still, like, okay, we're going to cast time stop so she can't do that. All right. Yeah. And then you're going to disintegrate. And I'm going to, like, and they're, they have enough high powered shit at level 18 to 20 mm-hmm. that if they're in control, if they can plan it, if they can get the drop on, if they're going to engage on their terms, even if it's in her lair yeah they're choosing to go to her that means they've prepped they're ready um and send them will get her ass kicked that's how fifth edition works
2: yeah but i mean I, however with a wild magic table though
1: anytime you cast a spell yeah you're gonna you you never know what you're, what you're, you're gonna, get. gonna get yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so that's kind of where i would lean into the randomness of it and the the madness of it as well. Because like, you're you're tossing all of their plans out the window when you start to add these random bits in. Um, but you have to be ready to just fucking bail.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would
1: have them gear up and think they're ready at level 16 or 17. Not tell them it's a CR-23 creature. Mm-hmm. Right? Just think, okay, hey, you, you have everything you need. You can go fight her now. And they go there and just get the shit rocked. Or they show up, and she showed up at their headquarters at the same time. Right? Went, oh, oh. 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 <laughs> Well, fuck. I mean, kill the butler, I guess. But like, oh. goodbye. <laughs> right? And like, I think that if she's coming to them, it'll be wild and chaotic and very short term. And I don't think she's ever going for the kill. She's not a combatant. She's an infiltrator. Yeah. Right? So, she also um,
0: wants to see which being she, she wants. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. almost like I, you would always have her either lying in wait to see what strongest being comes across. and Or she'll go seek you out. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I also think that it would be a really cool idea um, to have a death slot. No, nah, maybe not death. Maybe a green mm. slot come as an emissary to sit down and have a conversation with the yeah. with the party and stuff, and invite them for dinner and give them some wine.
0: <laughs> Amazing. And
1: then and then they're like, okay, you know what? We've got to do some research. This is clearly we've got to. Do. And now the wizards like, oh yeah, you have these tomes. You have this inspiration about how the slotting work, and you you understand. You can go look for more stuff. They might have information at the library. And so your fucking DANs are going off to do all of these these deep dives. They're like, Kyle, you would fall for this in a minute. Yeah. Because you're one of these players that's like, no, no, no. I can go over to the library and look up this. We can get insight and information all the while. I'm like, you're obsessed, bitch. <laughs> 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 you're my big bad evil guy. <laughs>
0: here's your new, new hyperfixation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but at that point, the combat becomes uh, player versus player, right? Yeah. And as long as your players are on board with that level of kerfuckery, they don't have to sign off on it ahead of time necessarily. But as long as they're on board with it, yeah, I'd, I'd run that. That'd be fun. Yeah, That would be fun. Especially if you turn to, like I turned to uh, Dan halfway through the last, I'm going to say month that we played in our last campaign on the case. So you know, everyone has checked off all of the boxes to finish all of the rituals to become a mummy lord, a death knight, a vampire, and a lich. They just don't know they've done it, but you have half of the Necronomicon, so you do know. But you're not allowed to tell anybody, and you're already a vampire, so why would you? He's like, fuck! (laughs) Fuck, I see the end game now! Shit! All right, I'm in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. Um, I would just like to remind everybody that this bitch can fly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing that last piece out there. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes.
1: But the amoeba can't. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it can't swim, apparently. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So so this this slot goes up in the air, flying, and then turns into an amoeba and lands mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. a party member. <gasps> this... <laughs> yeah. You have been amoeba. And they don't take damage. Yeah. They just go squishing things. Yeah. Right? Huh. There you go. That's a neat little tactic of just just squishing and then and then all the little cilia just like touching you everywhere and then off they go. Yeah. Scampering away. Start <laughs> scooching. Scooch. Mm. It's a scooch. It's a scooch. <laughs> I'm imagining it like flying up, turning
2: into amoeba, and then just dropping through a crack in the ground and just. Despairing. That would be
0: yeah. I feel like that would be the um. I need to escape because I'm going to lose this battle. So, like yeah. to your point, Adam. Yes, at some point your team is going to know exactly what to do. They're going to come after it, and it's going to get it's it's ass rocked. So you might as well—that's the escape plan—isn't yeah. going to amoeba and then slip through a crack in the ground, and then you're gone into the night.
1: That would. This is going to be one of those uh, one of those characters that is so frustrating because you'll have to fight them about six times. Yes. Yeah. Until
0: oh, yeah. you figure out how to like combat each issue. Like eventually, you're going to have to fight it in a place where there are like in a padded room.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that I would give them like they're going to rock up to fight. Um, to fight her and they're going to hit these madnesses right or first it's the wild magic table so then i'm going to give them like bracelets of stabilization so that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. so why are we going to try again oh shit we're close enough for the madness all right everybody retreat all right we're gonna do it again okay uh impervious while an amoeba okay how can we shut down their shape-changing shit yeah
4: because
1: it's not a spell like an anti-magic field's not going to work on this yeah right and so every time they come there's going to be another fucking thing to deal with you're correct
2: yeah I, mean, I think it's crazy. You're almost guaranteed to have a short term madness because, I mean, if you're taking a short or long rest within 10 miles, right? Yeah. You're already halfway.
0: Just a little bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Un petit <peu. laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Let's talk about green salad. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Slods?
2: Salads?
0: Salads. Sl- Salads. <laughs> uh, we've mentioned them here and there, but um, basic what they are is they are slutty with magic capabilities. Uh, visually they look like a classic slimy green toad, but need a need a walking stick and some weirdly enough they need a loincloth. Uh. Like, these the ones with clothes. It yes. weirded me out. Yeah. <laughs> I said, this is, I guess, because they have, like, the intelligence to know magic, they have the intelligence to know that, like, decency is a thing.
1: This is, like, the Garden of Eden <laughs> shit. I've been an apple. Oh, fuck, I'm naked.
0: Oh, dear. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> what is it covering? They're hermaphrodites. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I
2: mean, that's just the only place they get cold.
0: Maybe it is just a piece of fashion where they're just like, oh, this is how I'm going to fit in. Okay. This is my, I've seen a loincloth once and I'm going to wear it. This is now my whole personality.
1: (laughs) I hate that that's the place to get cold. It's rattling around in my brain now that they're a cold slud. (laughs)
0: Ew. Oh my God. Alright, um... Where was I? We were talking You're about loincloth. Loin we <laughs> I'm trying to find the loincloth word in here. <laughs> uh, so the thing to think about when they are other personalities is that they do tend to be quite selfish. Um, and very think very highly of themselves because they are of the higher intelligence. Um, they do hate losing and will always boast when they win. So basically they are sore losers and even worse winners. Um...
1: That tracks, though, because remember, the red and the blue slot, like, one of their only defining personality quirks is that they've got to be the toughest one. Yes. Right? Yeah.
0: So they go, like, like strength is their thing. And so they, they're, they in, in my mind, the green slots are basically like, well, we're the smartest. So, mm. heh, yeah. heh Um, But they are basically created by the chaos phage infection of a humanoid um, and then transforms. This only happens if the humanoid had the ability to cast a, like, level three spell or above. Like level, sorry, cast at a level of three. Um, so they can do, so they can be pretty little, neat little beings. Uh, they also have the ability to look like the humanoid. Uh, oh, sorry, look like a humanoid. In fact, if they are created from a humanoid, they tend to actually want to look like who they once were.
1: Hmm. That, okay, so we're, we're doppelganger pod people level shit. Now, exactly, right?
0: right? So they do like to adopt the look of their former selves. So. It's Yeah, so this would be your infiltrator and now look like your friend. You are now the big bad evil guy of your group kind of thing.
1: Yeah, somebody disappeared for a week and they just showed back up again acting a little strangely. Yeah, exactly. Everyone thinks doppelganger, but no, it's much worse.
0: No, (laughs) it's much grosser. (laughs) Uh, After a while, they do eventually age out and do become gray slot, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, For stats, they have an armor class of 16 and a health pool of about 127. They are still similar to the most um, slot here. They have the boosted strength, dex, and con. And you would think as a magic caster that you'd be bolstered in wisdom, etc. But their spellcasting capability is actually charisma. So they have a plus one to charisma. Um, they, of course, are skilled in arcana and perception. Uh, resistant to the same things as all your classic slots. And have the same senses and all that good stuff. They do sit comfortably at a, a CR of eight. So this is—I think we just talked about like a CR of twenty-three, and ah, yeah. like, oh, but here's a healthy eight.
1: Yeah, but these guys are so devious that this is another one of those things that you put the intelligence and the spellcasting on top of it. This is no longer CR eight; they're running at a CR ten. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, like as I mentioned, they are shapeshifters, which statistically means that they can polymorph into a small or medium creature. But as I said, they do tend to like to be of their old humanoid personage. Uh, they are spellcasters who use, as I mentioned, charisma as a spellcasting ability, and they have the spells they have are detect magic, detect thoughts, mage hand, and two twice per day they can use fear or invisibility on itself, and once per day it can use a fireball.
4: That's all right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I just thought that was cute. I'm just imagining a frog whipping a fireball at somebody. <laughs> like, adorable. <laughs> Uh, they also have magic resistance, of course, which is advantage on saving throws against magic spells. Uh, for actions, they do have a multi-attack uh, with their bite and claws and staff. Sorry, their bite and claws, but they also have a staff that they carry around that they can bonk people Is this with. another
1: mm-hmm. chaos staff?
0: No, it's not another chaos it's, staff. It's
1: just it's just a staff. Yeah. They call it, uh, this is my chaos staff. <laughs>
0: Could you imagine? No, that, that, that I 100%. Cast, I, I
1: cast bonk. <laughs> bonk. <laughs>
0: Uh, They also have Hurl Flame on top of having the ability to cast their, like, fireball. They do have what's called Hurl Flame, uh, which is basically a ranged spell attack of plus four to hit and a 60-foot range and causes an average of 10 fire damage, and it does ignite flammable items.
1: All right. So does it have anything in there about flammable items that are not being carried or worn, or are you just lighting people on fire?
0: It just says ignites flammable items. That is an oh.
1: interesting oversight because everything else that yeah. I ever see about spells and, and, and abilities not being worn and carried. Oh, do yeah. you imagine lighting the wizard's spell book on fire? Oh fuck. <laughs> Can you imagine just lighting the gnome's head on fire? Yeah. <laughs>
0: The gnome's head. Yeah. We're going we're going after the gnome's head for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a low-hanging fruit. Yeah.
0: Oh, sweet child.
1: No, um, okay, so you're you started talking about okay, they can cast spells, the red and blue can't. Yep. And I got that like 40-yard stare for a second there when you're talking about fireballs. Because I'm sitting there going, okay, this is why they have loincloths. Mm. Because they've got a belt, because they have spell components. Yeah. They're gonna need that shit. Okay. Right? But then the other slot we're mm-hmm. talking about today are naked and they're also spellcasters. So do they not need spell components? Do your monsters get spell components? I wonder if it's
2: because they like keeping their their previous form, right? It's that one little shred of connection between humanity, right? Like there's still there's still a bit of them so there's part of them goes, "Oh, I need clothes." Yeah. Right? But it's impossible to find a tailor
0: <laughs> for this bot, yeah. like, you know what i mean sorry and i'm gonna retro gonna correct yes it is well they it they, it lights objects on fire that are not being
1: damn it or nah, fuck. i know i was, was like so one
0: part of my nose said one thing the other it was like i'm gonna check the actual book um okay. but right. yes but no i do also think like when you back to your question about whether or not they have spell like spell components i feel like these ones would just have them because they feel like it makes them more important to have them
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, yeah, they don't actually need them, yeah, but they just they collect them and they have a, like a spell components pouch because they have seen a wizard do it once and like it makes them look smart. Yeah, okay, you know. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. It, look, the moment that you and they just eat th- them. Th- <laughs> th- <laughs> <laughs> oh I use my spell yeah. components. <laughs> <laughs> The
1: verbal component of them belching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's mine. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry,
1: that's right.
0: That's how I use my magic. The so. number
1: of belches I edit out of episodes is it's impressive.
0: Man. You know what? I'm getting better. I'm, I, I try to get it out all at the beginning.
1: I know. Mm-hmm. I I wish that I still had the raw files for a lot of the early stuff so we can make a hypercut. Yeah. Just a 45 minute long <laughs> hypercut of Megan belching <laughs> to the tune of the intro song. Yeah. <laughs> the, inter- yeah. the internet yeah, the pitch needs correct- this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the internet needs this guys. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> Mostly for my ego. <laughs> um
1: yeah, I I'm going to say that most most monsters don't need spell components. They cast mm-hmm. spells, they do it they've got a deeper connection to the weave. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's my headcanon, that's how I'm getting past it. Your humanoids need it because your humanoids are mortal and boring. Yeah. And not like they're the gods watch over them, but they're not created necessarily by the gods. Yeah. No. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the what disconnects an elf so that an elf needs spell components, but a slot doesn't.
0: Yeah, the intelligence. I just want to have it to have it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I do realize that we didn't because we haven't really talked about regular slots so far in this episode that I we haven't really mentioned their resistances because they are pretty much the same. So just for the sake of this episode, uh, for damage resistance, it's acid, cold, fire, lightning, and thunder. For senses they do have blindsight, dark vision, and passive perception. Mm-hmm. And they only speak slot and they have the telepathy telepathy up to 60 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, these ones do have the shape changer ability, uh, they have the spellcast ability, charisma, and then they have magic resistance and then they have the regeneration, much like slot do. So
1: cool, and that yeah. blindsight's a bitch. Yeah, blindsight can be a pain in the ass. No.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that is the green slot. Right. I, I like
1: them, they're spellcasters, that's fun. It's like a yeah. cute little
0: addition, you yeah. know. It's a little bit different. Like, I feel like it's not as chaotic as the other ones are when you put, like, how they operate together. Like, that last episode, we were figuring out how the red and blue operate as, like, a united team. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I feel like the greens kind of operate on their own a little bit, you yeah.
1: know? Do the greens propagate in some way? Does it say anything about that? Uh, no. No, it's only no, the red and blues.
0: Yeah, they're created, and then they stop being green. Mm. So, they just exist
1: like the, if that's just that's I, just hitting menopause yeah basically the, okay
0: they in my mind green and then going into the gray is them aging out yeah like they're just getting older and all that kind of stuff okay.
1: maybe they need loincloths because at this point they have genitals and they have to procreate the regular way and they're like, I don't wanna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they tried that for about six years ago. Fuck. This is
0: stupid. I don't wanna do this anymore.
1: Dude, going, I could just cut people.
0: Yeah. I'm like, can we go back to that? Yeah. I don't wanna go back to that.
1: Like, I'm a slot, but this is gross.
0: Yeah. And you <laughs> all do this? <laughs> like, for fun? <laughs> Ew.
2: <laughs>
0: My Lanta. All
2: right. Well, let's get into some questions. Let's
1: uh roll. I want to roll. I'm grabbing this die.
2: No, yeah, because I was winning too
1: much. Yeah, right? pretty much. I'm a sixteen. I got oh. a minus six, oh, sixteen fuck. as all right, well. Yeah, all right, come on, Megan, roll off.
4: Okay, okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Megan was an eight, and then you bumped into a sixteen. I what? I'm a nine.
0: Ten.
1: Oh, Ten. Yeah. Jesus, I'm not getting any luck today. Jesus fuck. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But hope so. All right. <laughs> like, I support that for everybody. Like, I'm sex positive on this podcast, uh, is my point here. Thank Anyways, you. Can you rescue me? From- yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's, like, a rabbit hole. I was waiting for <laughs> you to you know, win.
2: <laughs> Megan, can you tell us a quest idea that you would have for the green slot? Thank
0: you. Um, I think that these ones do travel in packs. I feel like because they are created so differently, they would kind of seek themselves out. So I feel like they would partner themselves with, like, the blue slots that cause the the phage and specifically almost guide them and order them to create more green. So finding more humanoid type mm. objects to, like, transform and change so that they can have a larger pack.
2: I'm so, kind of imagining the Spider-Man meme where they're, like, all pointing at each all other. All pointing at yeah. each other, yeah. <laughs>
0: But like, I think that they would, and it would kind of like what we discussed with the blue, there would be one that's supposed to be like the alpha that would then, as soon as more greens are created, they would assert their dominance in some way, shape, or form. So there will always be one green that is slightly stronger than the others, but because eventually they age out and turn into green, there's this constant rotation within this weird cult of green slods yeah. that okay. battle for dominance and that kind of stuff. So you yeah. might come across like a green slod... That is wanting to, like, become the next strongest one in its in its clan or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, your group would either be wanting to help it or destroy the green slots because your goal is to get rid of slot or what. Ha- so it depends on where what direction your campaign is going to go. But I just like the idea of having a cult of green slots that are fighting for magical dominance.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, okay, so at level one, you are already champion. Yep. as players right you're stronger mm-hmm. than your average person however like the veteran stat block is like pretty beefy there's like you're a cr3 or five the gladiator i think gets up there there are some beefy npc stat blocks mm-hmm. um which means that there are a lot of champion level npcs walking around but it's going to be like one to every thousand average people um so the idea of having spell casting above that's a level five character that's actually going to be relatively rare, right? It's not going to be everybody that can cast the basic level of magic. So, okay, you have a handful of cantrips, you can even cure wounds, not good enough for these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm targeting a a wizard circle, right, or a druid circle, a group of high level spellcasters that get together semi-frequently they maybe have a tower that they meet in or an extra-dimensional space or an altar or a shrine or something like once a week or or maybe they all live there but they go about their own business doing their own research and shit like that yeah and now i'm gonna make it uh the thing where there's this infection and they're slowly going to take over and affect every person there but it's shape-changing as well oh interesting so uh, <gasps> it's like
0: a game of werewolf but with slot yeah <laughs>
1: So, so there's a blue slot that is going to that is going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we, oh yeah, I can do this. And, and managed to get one of the middling level apprentices, maybe, yeah. who then is like, uh, excuse me, sir, can I get you to come over here and check this out? And like leads them over, opens a closet, and there's a blue slot standing inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And then that, that wizard is missing for a couple of days, and then it comes back and is like, we should split up. And you guys should go down into the village and check this out, but why don't you stay back and talk to me? And they're slowly isolating all of the wizards as as they go. Yeah. Um, So that eventually they're getting more and more green slot. The blue slot is not in charge anymore. They're actually just like being kept in a closet somewhere. And being used. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. pretty much. And then the green slot are are slowly um, infiltrating and they're going to take over. And this is a point of power where from here they can take over the entire region. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's enough of them there. So that's my big quest here is your players are going to figure out that five of the eight wizards have been turned. Yeah. There's some sort of divining magic or something that told them this. Um, Or they managed to capture a red slot and interrogate it, right? Something like that. So there are five of the eight have been turned. Which ones? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How fun. That's
2: interesting. Yeah. And then they have a bunch of like red and blues in the basement. Yeah. And then they're slowly pulling villagers in yeah. to fill out their army yeah. To eventually unleash them all.
1: Yeah. Every time that you like wake up, there's two or three more people from the village missing. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like because they've been they've been pulled out to like they're in the basement of the Wizard's Tower, mm-hmm. right? In this little like like you said an in internment camp almost, right? But it's in the basement. They're all gagged and tied up and slowly changing. Yeah. Meanwhile, upstairs there's one blue slot in a closet and a bunch of green <laughs> slot going. The other wizards have no idea. <laughs> 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 Uh, I also love the idea of like one of the green slot is leading a wizard in to the blue slot that opens a closet I'm like, ah! and like the blue slot's like oh fuck no I got this guy already yeah. <laughs> what oh shit okay hold on.
0: you and me we're both
1: okay alright yeah yeah
0: we're fine yeah moving on well I like
2: I, they can just reinfect him anyway yeah. nah fuck it we'll just mm-hmm. just, just for to shit safe. I really gotta get it out today yeah. Yeah.
1: I really gotta get it out today. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 there's like, a like, backlog. <laughs> like, um, That's why he's blue.
0: <laughs> I don't like where this went. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> All right.
2: Uh, for my idea, I know thematically they're not supposed to retain any memories or personality from their previous lives. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I would love to see one fighting the transformation. I'm Jeff once brought up the idea of giving uh, a low level enemy like a headband of intellect right yeah and so this headband of intellect is allowing them to retain a bit of their humanity or something and so your party comes across it and it the it needs your party's help undoing it so you have to find like a wish or something and they're what cr8 so you wouldn't have access to it yet yeah but it would give your party a good moral quandary too like they find like a scroll of wish or something let's say do they actually go back and give it to them, kill them, and or like you keep it for themselves? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, how about for role playing, Megan?
0: Um, these ones are intelligent. They're yeah. going to be the slots that you actually have the ability to talk to. Like again, through the, with them would be through telepathy. But I, I feel like I you feel like could... they're starting
1: to learn common. Yeah, because yeah. I feel
0: like they've been around long enough that they're kind of like they can say basic words and basic sentences, and like you can actually be able to commune with them. And almost figure out what's going on. But they're gonna try and trick you, as you have to remember. Like, they're not gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna tell you my big, bad, evil guy plan. No, they're gonna.
1: <laughs> the, the, this is actually the a plot hole for me. They're shape changers and they want to replace their original selves, but they can't speak. Yeah. Huh. That's that's a plot hole. I'm going to give them the language of the person they infected.
0: Yeah, yeah. that makes the most sense to me. Because I can't even, like, it, don't get me wrong, it would be hilarious to walk into, again, like, the church of where this, these green slutty have, like, infiltrated, and they're, and they're all just, like, they're all just uh, speaking uh, and <laughs> <laughs> But that could be a clue. Maybe there is, like, maybe they did infect, like, one of the younger wizards who wasn't quite intelligent or was young or they infected a kid, and then they... Did not quite have the full grasp on language, so you do get a croak every once in a while.
1: Okay, <laughs> I, I love the. idea oh, oh, Sorry, I'm sick. <laughs> oh no! no, 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 no.
0: <laughs>
1: like you, you end up hearing them talking amongst themselves as you pass by the door, and it's just them. Or like every time they, they do you think that they walk into a tavern and and order a Budweiser, but like one syllable at a time? No. Uh, oh god! <laughs> I was right into that one. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, did. <laughs> that is an
1: old joke uh, gen z will not get that
0: <laughs> you're welcome gen z
1: <laughs> yeah um that's i guess that's my inspiration these guys are schemers we've talked about schemers and plotters a lot yeah. um yeah on the podcast in the past so again they're gonna have their secrets it is about it is about infiltrating and figuring out they have infiltrated and figured shit out and you're coming in behind them and trying to this is culty yeah. Yep. Are Very they cult-y. are they going to try to separate your party as well at some point? Like
2: be like, oh here, come talk to me. I don't want to tell all of them. You know, I don't trust them. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. but I feel
0: like your group would be like at this point almost smart enough, kind of thing. Mm.
1: You would fucking hope so. Yeah. I managed to split Dan off from the party to go quote unquote un uh, like investigate. He's got the most D&D experience out of everybody I know. Yeah. Right? And he's playing a level 16 character. I managed to just fucking kidnap him. And well, we were we were carving his brain out and feeding him health potions at the same time yeah. to keep his brain alive. Like, do you, yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember that now, man? Yeah, you know, my yeah. brain just like,
0: yeah, that <laughs> happened. But
1: like, <laughs> like being able to split the party and you don't have to be like, oh, come over here. I I don't trust the others. You just need to be like. Uh, Hey, yeah, come visit me sometime the next couple of weeks. And Mm -hmm. then when you have downtime and everyone's like, I'm going to rest. I'm going to go to the bar and sing. I'm going to get my fuck on with an NPC. The the mage is going to go, all right, I'm going to go... Check in with this guy now. Yeah. Right. And there, you, there you go. That's it. Right. So. Yeah. Then, then you pull them aside to the other room and say, "Okay, so." You lead you in and opens a the closet. There's a blue slot. Just like fill in the fucking glaze, of large size. <laughs> just, just hey. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit.
2: Shit. Shit. Shit.
1: <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Do you have anything for?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah. That's no. I think you guys pretty much covered it. The the only. Thing that I really have that comes to mind is I would probably play it like a cartoon villain and just say things like curses,
1: World Foiled again, Foiled again.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so I came up. I I just I just Googled and I have a this is gross to me and I don't know why it's gross. A group of toads because you're like back to their clan or whatever you said that a little while ago. See, so you know what a group of toads. Well, was yeah, called? right. It's called a knot. Ew! I don't know why that's gross, but it is. It's like, completely like, like, like K. A K. N- oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, That's a,
0: why it's gross. I know.
1: Right? A, a knot of sludge.
0: Ew. <laughs> Just limbs
2: intertwined. What? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you, you
1: thought you had a short-term
2: madness before? Oh, <laughs> oh it's the worst version of barrel monkeys. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, how I about? actually have a barrel of monkeys right like, yeah. okay we don't need visual representation <laughs>
1: <laughs> representation
2: is important in 2023 Kyle no,
1: okay
2: <laughs> N- not for knots of slot <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one needs knots of slot
1: <laughs> I feel like the first time you say that to your players you going to be like did you mean to say lots of slot no, no. <laughs>
0: also now I really want to make a tavern called the, the naughty slot <laughs>
2: Uh, what would the slob language sound like? Would it just sound like it's wet like... meat slapping together? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, yeah, but it's just because go they've got those big mouths <laughs> that are just... Yeah. I don't
0: like it. I hate it. <laughs> that,
1: that's going to be fun to edit around. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to do some equalization on that some, Uh So give us some
2: exploration clues, Megan?
0: Uh, so for exploration and clues on these ones, obviously they're magical creatures. Um, so you're only really going to find them in places where they're, I, what we've talked about, where there's magic things happening. Yeah. So like you would have to go to a town where magic is known. You would have to go to, um, when you're exploring in the forest and stuff like that, if you see random magic, this is kind of what might, might come about. So it's kind of like how we talked about when you randomly see like a small, item or nugget that you think is going to be like an ogre or an orc or something like that, but it turns out to suddenly be a slot. It would be the same kind of thing. Like yeah. you, you come across like a, like an NPC that's a magic user or what have you, but little do you know that it's been a slot its entire life and it's only looking for magic users. So could you imagine if you had like a team with no magic users on it?
4: Yeah. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> it would be almost like impossible for your team to be like, I'm oh, not impossible, but they wouldn't really necessarily want to like infiltrate your group. Yeah um so i think that would be a fun thing to play with depending on what your dynamic of your group is what the slot would do with your group
1: as far as exploration and clues goes i i don't have a whole lot of necessarily like it 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 depends on who the original character was that they've replaced yeah as well like there's a lot of pod people shit to think about with that Um, yeah trying to figure out your, this is more role playing to watch for inconsistencies and things like that. Uh, that's how you're tracking a green slot. Yeah. But I'm sitting here thinking, first of all, I had two thoughts. One, these guys suffer from the same draw to the spawning stone as the other ones do, mm. but we assume that they're more intelligent. And so this is my, my thought process. We assume they're more intelligent. So if they're out in the world, and they've infiltrated like they've this is not happening in limbo this is happening out in the in the plains because they're looking for spellcasters right they're not just looking for random shit in limbo so if they're out looking for spellcasters they've got some intelligence they're gonna know they're gonna try to resist the draw and then i'm like why do i assume that they have high intelligence they could be a warlock or a, a paladin or a sorcerer or a cleric spellcaster right mm. and then i'm like where are they getting their magic from it's clearly that sorcerer like a like a, it's it's in their blood they're spellcasters because they're slotty mm. yeah. right so that cleric's god that warlock patron they're going to know that that is no longer my guy mm. yeah and so can you imagine if when the warlock patron appears to the rogue and says you've got a fucking problem your warlock is not your warlock anymore. I've lost communication here. Figure it out. Yeah,
0: that's mm. really cool. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Or
2: the patron might be like, you know what, this could work for me. Or
1: Well, well but they're not going to have the connection anymore. They're not getting, yeah. like that slot is now doing its own fucking thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that is. The warlock
0: the gets like no benefit from it anymore. Yeah.
1: So, so suddenly they, they're not casting Eldritch Blast. Mm-hmm. They're casting Fireball. Right, they're like, one fireball per day. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. it for me today.
0: okay <laughs> yeah, you only only get one out of yeah. day, I guess. So.
1: But like that'd be cool to see, like when you're fighting a cult, and then all of a sudden that cult shifts gears because they're no longer worshipping. Like the guys in charge are not worshipping this entity any longer. Yeah, because they have been turned into slotty. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And the rest of the cult doesn't know.
0: But that'd be, like, an, like to your point, that'd be an excellent clue on this, if, 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 even for your group. Like, you go into a fight or a battle, and your warlock is suddenly not doing anything. Yeah. Like, or is just using mage hand to slap some shit about because that's all it can do. You know what I mean? Like, it's, then you're like, okay, what's wrong with you? Like, oh, I'm just really tired. I'm not feeling really great, right? Hmm. But you would have to have a good group, like, a good, like, a, a more experienced D D group
1: to figure that shit to be able out. to figure yeah. that
0: shit out and be able to role play that out well
1: i would do this with a sidekick or a, a favorite npc as opposed to a player necessarily yeah. yeah that's true um that's gonna be a little bit more subtle too they're not gonna realize right away what's happening but also i like the idea of you like walking up into like you're fighting a cult of the kraken and then you get there and you realize that they're not actually summoning from the plane of water they're going they're trying to open portals to limbo yeah yeah. And they're like, well, fucking why? Well, it's because the Slotty took over this cult. And now all of the other little cultlings, the little guys are, are just like, yeah, we got to go get sacrifices and bring them back. And they're like, yeah, sure. Cause we're hungry. Yes. Bring them back. But we're busy over here opening arcane circles to bring in an army of Slotty. And you didn't see this shit coming. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Or you, are you bust in when the portal is open, and you're like, "All right, we're gonna kill them." And like in the great summoning hall, there are just a bunch of bound cultists that are like growing the the slotty tadpoles or the chaos phages in them, and yeah. they're all like screaming and gagged and bound and shit. And there's like six slots slotty walking around. Yeah, right uh-huh. among them. Very true. interesting. Like the green slotty have so many little campaign implications. But they're always a because of the shape changing, they're always going to be um, one extra level of obfuscation between what your players think and what's actually happening. Like there's going to be that subterfuge every time, which means I find exploration more difficult. It's it's not general, it's based on this plot, these people, this scenario. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I was kind of thinking for them, um,
2: I guess this is more headcanon than anything else, but they would kind of be attracted to magical places as well like, you know, a bird with a magnetic sense, right? So they would kind of wander around.
0: Looking for sacred ground. Yeah. Or, yeah. That-
2: Either corrupt and use as something else as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay, hold on a sec. Is it people that can
1: innately cast spells? I think it says arcane spellcasters. Okay, uh, yeah. oh, okay, but... If level three or above. Level three spells, but if I give you a necklace of fireball... I don't think that counts. You don't think that counts?
0: No, because no, it, it has to be like, it gets, does say like a humanoid that has the ability. Like here, let's let's read let's read the actual Yeah, what's what's, what's the literal the, what's text the words here.
1: Because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what if they became what if Dumbledore became a fucking green slot and then is training up an entire like generation of wizards just to wait for them to get to third level spellcasters. I mean I don't think you a green slot would be smart enough to pull that off. What's I mean, her, what's our intelligence? Eleven. Well, that's, that's average person intelligence. Yeah. right.
2: But, but you're not going to be able to, um, I don't know, role play, I guess, someone who is in such a privileged scenario, right? Like, you're not going to have the same knowledge that they have,
1: right? You're not going to have intrinsic knowledge yeah, of all know. the school yeah, okay. and everything Th- like yeah. that. Th- that's fair. You would have to play more aloof, yeah. right? Like, uh, we, don't, we don't really see the headmaster anymore, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the actual wording is... Uh... Green slot if the host was a spell caster able to cast third level spells or higher.
1: Okay. So, yeah, they have to have magic. Have magic, and magic yeah. yeah not, not just magic items. Okay. Yeah. It is mine. Uh, how
2: about for combat, Megan?
0: Um, For... These ones are obviously going to try and use as much magic as they can because they love their magical nonsense. It makes them feel like they look smart. So, they're going to use their... like Because the spells that they get are... They're going to use their once fireball per day just to be, like, intense. But I like the fact that they can detect your thoughts and they can turn invisible. So they Do they have a
1: stealth roll? Do they have a a boost to stealth?
0: Nope. Nope. Nothing like that. Okay. No, they just have your basic like
1: (laughs) turn invisible and stand in the corner. (sighs) (laughs) Fireball!
0: (laughs) They do have pretty good decks though. So I mean they could probably roll a good stealth roll to hide themselves one hundred percent. But, like, again, like, if they're, they're not necessarily going to want to fight you, because they, in my mind, they are still quite squishy-ish. Yeah. Like, they aren't necessarily as bolstered and strong as the reds and the, the greens are. The blues. Sorry, the reds and blues. Yeah, reds we'll, we'll
1: blues. get, there. there are lots of So colors. many colors. Yeah.
0: Um, so they are going to want to protect themselves in some way, shape, or form, so they are going to stand back in my mind, Um, and they're going to attack you in large groups. They won't attack you until there is more than one of them. They will not take you on by themselves, or they will have an army of blue or red behind them.
1: This really does feel like a great end-of-tier-two villain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice little solve. Um, Yeah. Uh, Sorry, what are we on? We're on combat. Combat. Um, uh, They're always going to retreat and get away. Mm -hmm. these guys can cast spells and they are they know they're super powerful and they're going to be skeletor they're going to curses next time he and off they fucking go right
0: with their pet cat
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah i think that's why they have
2: invisibility right so they can skedaddle yeah if they see all their reds and blues dying
1: they'll be like okay no i'm out of here i'll try again it's interesting when you see invisibility it's different than stealth stealth in my head Implies ambush tactics. Yeah. Mm. Invisibility implies retreat tactics. Mm. Yeah, agreed.
2: Especially since it disappears if you attack. right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, reappears if you attack. Mm. The, yeah. oh. Yes, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The effect disappears. You are saying the again. same thing in different ways. <laughs> yes.
0: Welcome to D&D 5th edition.
1: <laughs> Better than 3.5 where it would have been, no, you didn't say the specific thing correctly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> rules as written. In,
1: in which book? Fair enough. Yeah, I think you guys covered the topic pretty well. Yeah, there's not a whole lot more to do in combat there. No, no. not really. Um, they're
0: not fighters in my mind to begin with. If they have to fight you, they're going to use other means to do so. Yeah, and they
1: have that one big fireball to fuck you up and make you stop and think while they escape. Yeah, peace <laughs> out! Yeah.
0: Alright, let's go into some gray slods. Uh, so they are the smallest and smaller of the slotty folk, uh, with longer, more amphibian-looking limbs. So okay. they're, they're kind of, like, more gangly-looking. Mm. I'm like I am doing weird things with <laughs> my own. Please arms? do no. that the whole time <laughs> no we are doing this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um Gray Sluddies, as mentioned, come from the outgrown green Slots who go through basically a magical metamorphosis. So they kind of uh, so basically they do maintain their magical capabilities, um, and their goal is to seek out more magic capabilities to continue to prove their strengths. So this is kind of like your green slot that aged out and is just like, I'm better than the green slots. I need to continue to be better than everyone else in magic.
1: Oh, fuck. It's like that person who retires and goes back to school.
0: Yeah. I'm going in for HR. Yeah. I want to make everybody's working lives better.
2: <laughs> it's a strange analogy to use for it, but okay. I feel like
0: there's more people that are going to like relate to that than you know. Yeah um some will even make it their life's missions to seek out becoming a death slot, uh which can happen when a gray slide consumes the body of another death slide but we'll kind of get into that i think a little bit later uh but stats wise you will continue to see the similarities in the slide especially to that of the green we just kind of discussed except that their ac does jump to 18 uh they lose some strength but gain it in con and charisma so like obviously their spellcasting ability does increase quite a bit um, they do maintain their ability to do the shape changing, as well as they are a charisma-based spellcaster. They continue to have their magic resistance, um, and of course they maintain their ability to regenerate. They have the classic multi-attack with their bites and claws, um, but there's a little bit of a fun added bit. They, for some reason, have swords.
3: No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah! <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so they went from being a magic user that has a staff that goes, Bop! These ones have swords that go, ksh <laughs>
1: You need to do all of the sound effects from now on, man.
0: <laughs> but, like, in my mind, like, I, could, I tried so hard to find a reason as to why they would have swords. And I could not necessarily find, like, a lore or piece that really made that 100% make sense. So I'd be interested to see what
1: so, you like, okay. I imagine, right. like, a status symbol. Okay. I guess so. Well, no, here's where I'm coming from. They they have have beefed up compared to the green slug. However, they don't get more attacks. Their magic is still just fireball twice a day now. Yeah, yeah. Two, two of them. Two, two of them. Which means they've invested a lot into becoming a gray slot at this point. Yeah, and this is going to be how do I protect myself? Remember, they're medium sized now, which means yeah, they've got a bunch of hit points, but a couple of blue slot could probably overpower them and hold them down. And like yeah, you you've got some problems, you know, in the slotty community. Becoming medium sized. Yeah. So the idea of carrying a sword would just be like, hey, hey, hey. I don't have their claws anymore, no. but I got this fucking thing, so fuck right up. I mean, they still do have claws. They
0: still but, do have claws. Yeah. And like it's
1: not like the big, badass, doom yeah. slot claws. Yeah. And to your point,
0: their spells are bolstered, so they do get a couple of extra spells. So it just feels like they are continuing to increase their spellcasting capabilities, and yet they want to carry a greatsword.
1: But but, no, but none of them are offensive spells.
0: That's true. So like to go over the spells that they do actually get added, so on top of their detect magic, detect thoughts, and invisibility, and mage hand, they now also get major image. Um, and then they're twice per day, as you mentioned, they do get their fireball, but they also now have fear, which they had before, but they get it twice a day. Uh, they can now fly and they have tongues. So this is when they can actually sort of speak all languages in my mind.
1: I do yep. love, I do love that the slutty have tongues.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> just think of Golem, just the like, <laughs> wriggling. <laughs> uh,
0: and then once per day, they now have plane shift on their self only. Okay. So these are the ones that are going to be hopping about
1: I feel like Pun intended, are... sorry. I, was, I had to make that <laughs> line. <laughs> I, I, I feel like... I should have paid attention. They weren't scooching or rocking up, so... No. <laughs> so.
0: Trigger word, Adam.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah I, I like this. I like that they have tongues. This makes them deadlier because now they're not just humans. They're not just common. They're dwarves. They're elves. Like yeah. I, I'm infiltrating some of the other races that are going to swap between languages. Mm-hmm yeah um, more often now so that's that's kind of why tongues is important yeah
2: for me. i see them as scouts Praising, but too yeah right like they infiltrate before the rest of the slot come right and try to figure out weaknesses in a society and stuff like that
1: it's interesting to me that in the slotty society we've got the strongest doing the infiltrating and allowing the weakest to then come in yeah normally you send in your spies first and then the strong guys are coming afterwards right your scouts are not as as powerful as your warriors traditionally speaking but this time yeah you could run into a gray slot that's prepping for the blue and the red yeah you don't really have the red and the blue prepping for the incoming gray
2: yeah well yeah i mean i also think it's interesting that the higher level ones don't reproduce it's only the bottom two right so and they're more about numbers, I yeah, guess. Yeah, right?
0: because that, that, that's the whole point, though, is that your reds and your blues create the mass numbers. Those mass numbers then create the special green ones. Mm-hmm. And then the green ones then will use the mass production to produce more of themselves. And then it's always that drive for more power to bolster their own capabilities, which gets you higher and higher and higher up in your tiers, right? Yeah. So...
1: Can you please go into why they wanted to get rid of the loincloths?
0: Well, I mean, maybe maybe they stopped getting cold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't we don't have cold slods anymore. <laughs> we, don't,
0: we don't have cold slods anymore. This,
1: this, <laughs> Nobody likes cold anyway, right? Just but you know, like that's decide. a
0: that's a good point though. Is There's no. This is now they're after they're past the form of decency and they're just like. Fuck it. I'm the strongest person yeah. in the world.
1: <laughs> the, the, this makes perfect sense. You guys gone to Wreck Beach, right? Everybody there is over the age of 50, right? Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Wreck Beach is a nude beach in Vancouver. Like, but it's, it's, that makes sense. You hit the certain point where you're like, you know what? I'm liberated in my sexuality. And you just have those fucking 65 year old women with the blue streaks in their hair yeah. that are just letting it all hang out. And more power to them, but that's who the gray slaughter. are. <laughs>
0: I was gonna dye my hair blue this week (laughs) and now I'm not going to
1: (laughs) I meant the single blue lock right above the ear oh okay okay no
0: no we go in we go in dark anyways but but now yeah I feel like now you're past the form of decency and you're just like look at what I am I am beautiful
1: (laughs) you see me in my this is my final (laughs) form
2: Oh my god, I'm imagining Buffalo Bill from Silence yes. of the Lands. <laughs> oh god. And he's got it, like, tucked just, between just his tuck legs. That. Yeah. Would you fuck me? I'd
1: fuck me.
0: <laughs> We're gonna cut that out, but you're gonna use that audio in most of the podcasts. Just
1: <laughs> randomly that's, that's gonna be That's gonna be Kyle's sign-off from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just get Dave in the background. Yeah! <laughs>
1: There are a lot of good sound bites. I did talk about how I liked slod tongues. We are we are we, are, we are, we've got some good clips from this episode.
0: <laughs> Any All
2: right. Um. So I guess well, let's get into some questions and roll some dice.
0: All right. I got like concerned you were for that. <laughs> i yeah. like, let's do it. I guess.
2: I'm afraid what's gonna come next. Oh. I got a seventeen. You got a ten. Oh, Eleven. All right, Adam. Let's. Start us off with a quest.
1: If if I can be honest at this point, what we're doing between the green slot and the gray slot is we are finding that half step between Sendum and the green slot, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're leveling up, but a lot of the powers are very similar. They're amping up in number and frequency, but we don't have anything new, really, from the green slot, um, except nudity and a great sword, <laughs> right? But I feel like we've covered that. So a lot of the quest stuff, we can dumb down a Sendum, quest and make it a gray slot we can um make the green slot quest a little bit smarter and make it a gray slot the big difference here is that it can speak multiple languages now but it has to cast a spell to do it so even that's limited sometimes and remember they don't have meta magic so you can see them casting the spell right so they've got to get behind closed doors cast it they've got a limited duration that they can do this before they've got to cast it again right yeah Mm -hmm. so um we are dealing with like uh, i mentioned before these guys are infiltrating before the rest of the army shows up right yeah um and i do think that at this point we're talking about army we're not talking about an incursion of five or six red slot or the green slot looking for power at at the mage's tower like by the time you hit gray slot there's an overarching plot here and i The other thing to point out, though, is that the gray slot, this gray slot, um, or any gray slot that you're going to find out in the world, will have one of the uh, control gems. Otherwise, they would be getting called back to the spawning stone.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And that's
1: true for the green ones as well, which means as powerful as these guys are... They also know that they have a weakness that they can be controlled. And they are powerful and they can be controlled. Yeah. And so they know it. So this is why I think invisibility, plane shift, and the retreating is such a big deal. Because they. this is not just you may kill me. This is you may control me. Yeah. Which is a lot scarier. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so this is kind of, they're seeing big picture and how intelligent, how conniving do you want to make them? Mm -hmm. That's the question here. Um, and I think that there's a wide gamut of what you can do, but they're not vicious. They're intelligent. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they're thinking about, this is a CR nine who is really operating in tier three, like above their CR level just from the plotting and the scheming. They're too smart to be dicking about with level eight characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially knowing that like, they're like the the lower slots are not nearly as organized and intelligent. It's almost like they need somebody to organize them. This would be the one.
1: Yeah. And and you do have, and yes, so here's the other side. You're not running into a, a grey slot by itself too often. Yeah, they'll be the first one on the scene if you can get there quickly and that's a good little like side quest for a couple of sessions but for the most part if you're using Slotty in general um, you are going to be dealing with them. It's not like you fight one cultist you fight eight at a time. Yeah. By the time you're dealing with grey slotty you're fighting a bunch of reds and blues as well. It's got a couple of green lieutenants.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's built a horde. Yeah. yeah. See, a, a knot. A, see, a knot. A <laughs> knot of slot. A I don't
2: agree. I I see them operating independently. I see them um going in before everybody else kind of mapping out stuff. I also see them having like a little bit of selfishness and smart enough to have started forming their own identity, right? Uh something apart from the mass.
1: Yeah, I I'm trying to I I was like trying make, to figure out like like how to put that into words. These guys
0: well, I mean, because they're going to want to travel individually because they're trying to seek out their own power. If they were to have green slots around, he, he runs the risk of the green slots getting that power. So yeah. they're probably operating on their own once they reach this level because the power they're seeking they want for themselves.
1: But <clears throat> but I would say that that power is in numbers as well. And they would know that. Like, it's a risk that they're taking. Yeah. I can see. I can see actually your point of view on that. Um, the individuality you're talking about like no two slotty are the same Mm. right as we talked about in the last episode Um, just their physical deformities and shit are they all make them different but the the Gray, Slotty are... You know when you see in a TV show, there's all of the ninjas, but there's the one with the exact same outfit, but he's just slightly broader shoulders, or he's taller than the rest, or he also has a red bandana on. Yeah, yeah right? just it's to like, make it look a little yeah, bit different. The, uh. That's the boss guy, right? <laughs> yeah. He has a name, yeah. right? like and That's the thing about ninjas, pirates, uh, and robots, is they're easy to fight until they have a name and now they're the most difficult thing in the world. Yeah. So I always want to fight a horde of ninjas because then they're fodder. I never want to fight the ninja because now they're an assassin. Yeah. Right? And so and I feel that way about the Slotty as well. Um, if I have a Gray Slot off on his own doing his shit by himself, he's got his own name, or it has its own name, rather, um, scarier and more conniving than the one leading a group of, of other slotty, yeah, yeah, because then yeah. I'm just getting into combat, right? That's what that is. You're, it's cult shit at yeah. that point. Yeah, true. Yeah, I do, for me, I, I think
2: a fun quest with the gray Slot would be um, getting hired by one to kill a death slad. So that it can eat its body. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Because
0: <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, one of their main goals is to seek out a death slot so they can become a death slot. But yeah. they probably can't kill one themselves. They're going to yeah. need...
1: They cast tongues to speak French so they can eat the frog legs. Oh, I got yeah. it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But I love the idea of it coming
2: as, like, a beat-up farmer asking for help, you know? And it's like, oh, I got attacked by these things. Because, um, like... I feel like I'm skipping ahead, but getting into the death Desolads, they do come with gangs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So it's going to need, it's going to need a group, like a, a good adventurer's help to yeah. be able to do that. Right. Mixed in with, they'll probably find a good adventure group that has magic characters to kill two birds with one stone. Take the magic from your players once they're done, but also become a death slot.
4: Right?
0: Yeah, I like that. So I feel like that's going to, they're going to seek out. So this, if you go for the medium, big, big, bad, this is the one that's seeking out your group to take the magical powers, but also want to use you to be able to get that death slot so it can get to its next step. So now it only is a death slot, but it now has the magic capabilities of your
2: Oh yeah, it knows what you're up to because it has watched you kill this other one. And you, yeah. It's following you around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's the NPC in your party you didn't know what you had. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, all right, how about role playing? Um Smarter, mm-hmm. more conniving. I mean, the intelligence level here uh, only goes up by two points, so it's like a it's like a plus one now. It, it's smarter than your average peasant. It's going to it's going to be able to go toe to toe with your mayor NPC, mm-hmm. but it's not a wizard, right? Yeah. Like it's not a dragon. Right? it's. Intelligence is not that high. Uh, honestly, uh, I would run a lot of gray slod uh, very similarly to how I run uh, a lot of yugoloths, where they're they like to sit in the neutral. This is chaotic neutral as opposed to neutral evil, but they they're up to their own shit. They're doing their own thing on the side, and mm. it's um, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about how you have separated them out from the like, they don't have an army with them. I feel like they very much could because they've yeah. leveled up. Yeah. Um, Especially if they're about to become a death slot. If if they know that that's on the horizon, they're going to start massing numbers now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, beware the gray slot with friends. Mm-hmm. He's about to level up. Huh? Yeah. Right. He's creating so, his army. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I uh, I think that there's from a role playing perspective, uh, this is going to be an NPC and a well fleshed out one. Mm-hmm. Right. That's going to be able to hold a real conversation instead of. Welcome to the village. Hello. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I, same thing as you. I, I don't think I, I
1: don't see a lot of change. There's not a whole lot of change. Like the green, gray death in 5th edition are very, you know, the next step on the run. Yeah, yeah
0: and they, 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 their goal is very specific. Yeah. Like it's they, they know what they want. They know what they're going to. It just depends on what kind of group you're working with. We'll debate what kind of role playing you do with this character. Yeah. Whether or not they're going to be super... Smart and want to infiltrate with puzzles and X Y Z, or if they're just going to be a brute, that's going to be a swordsman for you for a little while because they they have swords. Yeah, (laughs) they know how to use them.
2: (laughs) I think it's interesting that they go from three attacks with the claws and the bite to one great sword attack.
0: Yeah, right. Take that on guard. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and like like again, I know that I'm stuck on the sword thing. But they're also the most weakest looking ones. Yeah. And yet they're the ones that are carrying a great sword.
1: Well, the death slots get great swords too. And those are part of the multi-attack. Yeah. So this is like, so I have my sword. I can't use it really good yet, but I will. No. So,
0: I really want to know. So.
1: <laughs> just, just just give me a second. You gotta go eat somebody. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, exploration or clues? Same as the green slot. Like, yeah. I, I'm not breaking any new ground on this necessarily. Yeah.
0: Yeah no it's it's with anything with like regular slots at this point like if you are hunting down a slot at some point you're going to realize you're probably going to come across a gray one at some point yeah right the only thing that i would think is the only thing that i can add to that is that if you kill one of these or find one and you think it was the big big bad it wasn't Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but you as the dm know that it wasn't yeah but they will your group will think that it it won (laughs) okay Yeah.
1: yeah uh how about for combat uh, you have a, you have a sword, and I think that sword is for threatening only. Yeah. yeah. Right. Intimidation. F- fireball. But yeah. f- f- fireball—that is your answer. Fireball and retreat. Mm-hmm. Right. I will draw my sword to point it at you. And be like, stay back. Yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> uh, ninja dust, <laughs> and then like, get the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Um, of all of the ones we've talked about so far, I believe these ones might be the most cowardly.
0: Yes, they will retreat the yeah. most in my mind.
1: Yeah. Because I-
0: they they've lived too long and put too much work into who they are. Then they're not giving it up because your team decided to turn on you. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and and again,
1: and again, you have collected a red gem and a blue gem, and like you've controlled other Slotty in the past. This guy knows it. He knows you're coming for the gray gem. Mm, that's a fucking issue. I will not be enslaved because uh, for them, that's a thousand times worse. Because the opposite of chaos is order, mm-hmm. and to have to follow someone else's rules has got to be fucking torture.
0: Yeah.
2: Interesting. Woo. Uh, I uh, I agree with you I don't see it I see it avoiding combat at all costs unless it is well prepared like it, I can see it laying a bunch of traps for you to stumble across I love to the, weaken you before it attacks
1: I love the idea of the fact that it's got like some sort of uh, palantir some crystal ball it is looking through as your party's coming through the dungeon and he's just got a whole lot of levers to the side going almost almost ah <laughs> 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 that do gutter yeah. <laughs> very Skeletor. In yeah. my
2: head. <laughs> love it okay
1: um uh, moving on to death slot so with death slotty they're the next step up for the gray slot um when a gray slot uh decides or that they want to beef up they eat uh, a a death slot um nom, nom. yeah mm-hmm. which raises the question where do the first ones come from right well I know this. The first ones come from uh, the fact that they have tapped into the negative plane. The idea is at some point... Have we talked about the negative plane on this? I know that we talked about it on the Crystal Dragons episode. We talked about the positive plane. We talked about Nightwalkers in yeah. the previous episode. Yeah, where we that. talked about the negative plane a little bit. Yeah. So, are you familiar with this, Megan?
0: Throw down for those at home don't don't know.
1: Okay, so... Uh, but I know, <laughs> but if you don't, don't know... know yeah. Yeah. You <laughs>
0: might as well help someone out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... So the idea of the negative plane is that it is the concept of positive and negative energy. Um, There are two planes that you cannot go to, but they are, technically spaces that are just full of energy Mm. um the positive plane being life and and not necessarily goodness but the idea of life and vitality the negative plane is where death and rot come from um when you cast uh spells and you use material components those material components are actually teleporting to one of these two planes and then um you get that energy back in the weave then forces the energy into your body as you cast the spell. Mm. Uh, When you use your verbal components, it is actually the air of your breath that is vibrating in a specific way that gets transported and then replaced by this positive or negative energy yeah you cannot go to these places except in some unique cases there are ways to go there but it fucks you up significantly now there are um different like the idea of voids and these negative spaces in my campaign we just have the idea of nothingness when enough portals connect they uh, just kind of um, turn the space in between them into a big, empty, nothing space. You look at it, and there is the lack of existence within it, and it will drive you mad. Yeah. No sound, no sight. It is like um, it, is, it is a hollowing of your senses, uh, like you're getting your, your skull scooped out mm. um, by just trying to comprehend what is there, because there's nothing. The negative space, however... I don't know ha- why that made me think of ice cream. Scoop. I said, Scoop. <laughs> yeah. Um uh for in the in the negative plane, there is something there, and it is negative energy. The same way that a black hole is a thing, right? You just can't perceive it necessarily. Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, but it is definitely there. Uh the so the negative plane has infused these um these death Slotty with power. Some way, in one way or another. And I think that it's because they're gonna seek it out, because of the idea of the um slow destruction and disintegration of reality back down to its basic form. Death is good because death is is back to the potential building blocks of nothing. This is what Limbo would love the negative plane because it's chaos. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and it it as much as it's oh it's making and it's creating life and it's spewing out things, it's also unmaking an equal amount. Right. So um that's where the original death slot would have come from, and I'm sure that other ones can be spawned that way where a gray slotty gets, or, or any uh, slot gets imbued with this negative plane. But traditionally speaking, if you are a gray slot and you eat the corpse of a death slot then you become a death slot you mm. power up these guys are medium creatures as well but they do look beefier um and they're and hornier too they have they have bigger horns on their back they lose their big <laughs> mohawk frill <laughs> that the other one had yeah i think the gray slot looks a little bit like like a gremlin from the movie gremlins just i can see yeah, that yeah. yeah i can see that but but the death slot does not they're they are more shoulders and, um, and scarier. Other than that, there's not a whole lot to them. They're still medium size. Uh, they do shift now to chaotic evil.
4: Okay. Mm.
1: so they're no longer chaotic neutral um however their stats are mostly exactly what you expect like their ac doesn't change they get a mountain of of, of hit points Whereas a cr10 um they've got all of the same mechanical boosts but their speed their resistances their senses all that stays essentially the same right mm-hmm. um they can still do the shape changing their innate spell casting um is actually the same <coughs> okay except they now get one more spell And it is cloud kill once per day. Mm. Dope. They still have the same magic resistance. Their weapons are considered magical. And now they can regenerate 10 hit points at the start of its turn if it has at least one, which is neat. Now, we can see that this is the beginning of Ascendum could do it with 40 hit points, right? Yeah. So you can tell the older that you get, the more powerful you get as a slot, the more you start to move towards Ascendum's power base, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah um the only other notable thing is that the great sword is now part of the multi-attack and you have a better chance of hitting with it um from a lore perspective these guys are building armies they are coercing others to go with them to hop planes to take shit over Mm. um these are going to set themselves up as captains and generals and um when you do have a not of slotty you are going to have a death slot in the middle of that um trying to control everybody so yeah they're out for destruction and they like the destruction because they've been infused by the negative plane where others are just really limbo right this is a meeting of the two so um it is a little bit more them getting off on the idea of causing damage and harm um but their followers are not that way they're they're doing it because it's it's their calling. Yeah, yeah. their right. so job. Yeah. yeah. They they don't love it. They're soldiers, right? Um, whereas the death slot is reveling in it, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. There's not a whole lot more about death slot. And as a matter of fact, short of, of pulling together gangs and whatnot and using a longsword, there's there's not a whole lot more here between the level nine and level ten. Right. Yeah. It's the hit point bump. I think another like 50 on average hit points, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. They're going to sit in battle longer with you and do more attacks. Mm. Yeah. That's why their CR went up. Not because they've got cool, awesome abilities and spells and lore and whatnot. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, because in their minds, they have a group and a horde that will protect them. So yeah. they're going to be a little bit more brazen, a little bit more in your business.
1: And these guys are set up to be a end of uh, tier two, beginning of tier three, like threat, like legitimate real threat. Mm. you could and most of the published campaigns I do like level 14 yeah you could have a death slot sitting at the end of that yeah with a bunch of slotty nonsense all the way through you can absolutely do that shit um, as a matter of fact the monster manual says this is the last one this is the highest tier This is what we get in fifth edition we had to wait for uh, Minsk and Boo's journal of villainy to come out years later um, and it's like one of the things that nobody's looked into it's no. one of these little PDFs that was released on the side it said hey we also did this don't worry about it right I'll be honest <laughs> I didn't know the book existed until you he gave it to me until so I put it in your hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so there, um, and it's not actually a book, I had to get that printed. Like, oh, it, really? it is a PDF. Oh, shit. All so, right. yeah. Um, I spent the money to get that one specifically printed off of DM's Guild. Uh, nice drive through RPG, DM's Guild, one of the drive through like, yeah, of them. Um, so I, I feel like the death slot are a shitty end cap. I want more slotty. I think they should have gotten that uh, CR 14, 18.
0: Until you do the jump to the solid 23. Yeah. yeah. Like, like
1: a, th- But I love send them.
0: But I feel like you could, as a DM, bolster it, you know? Like, yeah. take the gray slot and build it to be something more than it actually
1: yeah. is. Well, I, I think it,
2: it says CR 10, but in any sort of combat you have with it, it's going to be more because you are going to be fighting also CR 5s, CR 8s. Yeah, it you're like yeah. yeah,
1: you're in control of the environment. You're fighting on your terms. You've planned. Like, the intelligence is another thing that's gone up on this, right? Like, mm-hmm. all the stats went up. So this thing is more intelligent than your barbarian fighter, even your cleric, probably. Yeah. yeah. Right? So short of the artificer and the uh, the wizard, this might be the most intelligent person in the room. No. Yeah. Um. So there's some strategy and some tactics being used here, but again, everything we've talked about, I think, still holds true. Yep. There's there's really nothing new here for me. Yeah. No. Um. Yes. Yeah, the only thing I have,
2: and this isn't really advice about role playing, is that when I think about them, I think about Mr. Burns and I imagine steepling fingers. Yeah. And saying excellent.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really had to get that visual out there. I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was in my head and I had
2: to do it. Uh, But i like, okay, so in the grand scheme of slot, I see the red, blues as foot soldiers. The greens are sergeants. The grays are scouts. And then the death are generals. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, you're never going to see a death slot alone. It's always going to be with a bunch of red and blues. Yeah. And they are the last person to go. So what I imagine... In infestation to look like is the gray goes in and does a little bit of pre-work like softening the target whatever yeah to prepare for this wave to come in after them mm-hmm. i
1: also think that a death is going to keep a gray sled at arm's length yeah right like oh yeah like you are absolutely not allowed with the rest of the fucking army
0: yeah right
1: yeah. like off you're your out brother.
0: on work yeah, you yeah. are not within the horde yeah,
1: yeah we, we talk through sending stones we don't meet in the same room you devious fuck you piece of no. shit yeah. <laughs> I, I can see you looking at my naked body and licking your lips get the fuck out of here you're lucky I'm not wearing a loincloth yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what's hidden behind you, this loincloth last time we were in the same room it's a great sword
0: <laughs> and I know how to wield it better than you it's in the stat block <laughs>
2: Last time we were in the same room together, you salted me, okay? I know what's coming.
1: Salted. <laughs> it's us Yeah. Assaulted. I, okay, no, I wasn't going for that. It's just where it ended up. Imagine, like, do they have the same issue that slugs do? No, they don't. Yeah. Frogs? If you salt them? I, I, you know when you I, throw slug? Yeah, but like, don't dry out your frog. You'll kill it. But,
0: like, yeah. <laughs> like, but fuck. I'm just like... I can you just imagine that being a ta- like a combat tactic for your d group. It's like pocket yeah, sand, but yeah. It's, just
1: salt. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even that. Like, okay, we've completed the first half <laughs> of the uh, magical components. We got sodium. Yeah. <laughs> for the second half of the magical components.
0: <laughs> what a magical item this is, sodium. Let's
1: get some chloride going.
0: Don't eat it. <laughs> it; it's bad for your kidneys.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, so, during my research for this, uh, because I feel like combat role-playing, and exploration, I know where these questions are going, there's not a whole lot more yeah. there. But. I do have one thing about combat, sure. though, that I think
2: <clears throat> it separates it from the rest of it, is that this guy wouldn't have no problem murdering his own people. So, I see one of the combat tactics as being he's going to send some red and blues against a party member to tackle them to the ground just so he can drop a fireball and you
1: can't run oh, away yeah, from yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big picture and evil. Yeah. Right? And the and all of the other side will be like, what's happening? And they're yeah. like flop around. And like, he just fireballed us. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, I guess a bunch of people got destroyed. Because, like, again, not good or evil. They're not going to revel in that. They'll be afraid for their own lives for a little bit. But chaos, chaos, chaos. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Um, to my point about the research, though, I ran across a couple of extra really cool tidbits that I wanted to go over. Um, if a death slot that's over 100 years old retreats into isolation in limbo for over a year, they can emerge as a white slot. This is from previous editions. Okay. Um, white slotty break the laws of space and time, and they actually can travel slightly through time. They can inf- infect humanoids with their bites. Um, so the their chaos, fa- or the tadpoles, are now through bites as well. Okay. Um, they can spit globs of acid. And they can stun enemies with, with attacks. And they can duplicate themselves by calling other versions, other weaker versions of themselves, out of the time stream from the immediate past and future to help them fight. Interesting.
0: What the fuck?
1: Yeah. So th- when I say the <laughs> previous editions did too much, this is what I mean. Too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a white slot does another period of isolation for another year um they they will often end up um because at this point we're chaotic evil yeah they'll yeah. go and they'll explore the abyss now the abyss is not just a place it is a living breathing thinking entity that spews out demons on purpose out of its own just existence mm. which means that this thing loves it when slotty show up because it starts to imbue them um with powers of the abyss so we have negative plane limbo and now the abyss coming all together and this creates a black slot who is very very rare white slotty are very rare but like black slotty are like there's like eight there's not many Mm. you'll have one in a campaign um and it creates a void or sorry it is a void of pure negative energy roughly in the shape of a slot Mm-hmm. that walks around so this thing is not really material now it is an energy creature it can blast negative energy beams from itself uh kind of like eldritch Blast, but like negative energy which do all sorts of necrotic damage its attacks can prevent enemies from healing and it can create smaller voids of negative energy that if you touch it you take shit tons of damage so i don't like it too far yeah wait for it it gets weirder Great. we talked about we talked about the first um, slot to Ever Exist with Sendum. Do you know who the second one was? No, I do not. Because they published John. a stat block. A stat, stat block. A stat block. <laughs> hey, 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 How about a stat block for it. Thanks. <laughs> that was for peps. It's yeah. stat black. <laughs> <laughs> um, They published a stat block for it. Um, this is in uh, Mordenkainen's Fiendish Folio, Volume 1. There are no other volumes, it's the only one. This thing is uh ten bucks on DMs Guild or uh on Keep saying DMs Guild um, on Drive-Thru RPG, and it is not worth the fucking money. Everything on there is a CR3 or below except for two creatures. He's one of them. His name is Igorl. He is the second uh, Slotty to ever exist and he has stayed in Limbo and just like been the biggest badass. He is the one that controls the things in Limbo okay. um, for the Slotty. So he's probably sitting at the Spawning Stone on, in some fucking throne. Yeah. Um Sendum is fucked off and so uh Igorl is the de facto leader of the Sladi. Um and he is known as the Lord of Entropy. Oh. Yes. Igorl delights in the act of unmaking and bringing chaos to any ecosystem that it visits. Um lesser Sladi follow close behind the Lord of Entropy. Um and you can talk to him cuz he's not uh he's not chaotic evil. He's now grown out of that level of shit and he's just all about chaos and disrupting and returning things to nothingness mm-hmm. back to the building blocks yeah mm-hmm. um he's cr23 just like send because he was spat out seconds later right yeah um uh he's large sized, like i said chaotic neutral ac of 20 he's got over 300 hit points uh speed of 40 feet climb of 40 feet swim of 40 of 40 feet we've got a plus seven for strength and con um and a plus eight for charisma. Everything is, is huge on this. Um, yeah, sounds almost identical. To... yeah. Yep. Damage immunities are necrotic, poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing for non-magical attacks. Resistance, the same as, as the elemental ones, the other mm. slide you get. Um, and immune to charmed exhaustion, uh, frightened, and poisoned. True sight, 120 feet. Wow. So not just blind sight, true sight. Nice. Um. Uh, and all forms of telepathy, all languages, uh, out to 120 feet as well. But now we get an aura, an entropic aura, which means any creature uh, that is not a construct or undead that's within 15 feet takes 46 necrotic damage. Is that that was roughly the same? With... Uh, no, it was a madness aura. It, was a it madness. doesn't take madness, it doesn't yeah. damage. So, so this is actual negative energy that is like radiating out um, from Igor, the lord of entropy. Um, again, legendary resistances three times a day. So if it chooses. Or if it fails the saving throw, you can just choose to, not succeed three times, mm. which is infuriating. All the magical resistances that you expect. The spell casting list is uh, long, and it includes such wonderful things as Power Word Kill and um, the uh, symbol, the death symbol from the spell symbol. It also has Power Word Pain, which is a new one. I love it. Yeah. Um, and uh, as well as Enervation, Phantasmal Killer, and um, at will, Fly, Detect Magic darkness at will which i thought was really fun blight at will chaos bolt shield as well which is fucking infuriating at will shield yeah so there's no (laughs) limit to that
2: right yeah once per turn
1: yeah so one, yeah once around um but we also have for actions the cool thing about igoral is that um he wields a scythe that's an adamantine scythe with the slutty word for death carved right in it Mm-hmm. Um and like he's one of the handful of people who's visited the negative plane yeah for the multi-attack he makes three attacks two with the scythe and Imagine one he got
2: the scythe as a souvenir
1: yeah just started <laughs> the gift shop yeah. the all I level. got
0: with the stupid scythe <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so uh, two with the scythe and one with the entropic touch, which I'll uh, mention in a minute here. Um, the only other thing that's not worthy about uh, Igoril is you've got essentially a belt with a whole bunch of stone tablets hanging off of it, which are radiating out negative energy as well. So mm-hmm. this is like ancient, old, negative, dark energies coming out of it. Um, and, uh, I love... He's been a part of D&D for a couple of editions now. I love that he got this little stat block, but it's, it's fucked up. Because he does uh, 2d10 plus 7 slashing damage, plus 3d12 necrotic. Anyone that's reduced to 10 hit points, um, or to 0 hit points with the scythe, then immediately turns to ash and can't be resurrected without a wish spell. You just are burnt down to carbon. Mm. The entropic touch, which he can do once as part of his multi-attack, uh, is also just him reaching out and fucking touching you where it is 2d8 plus 7 necrotic damage, and you have to succeed on a DC 22 con save or gain one level of exhaustion. And he's handing those out all of the time. Yeah. On top of that, he can summon 1d4 plus 1 death slotty um, that, that appear. They don't end up... Um, being able to summon others, which all Slod used to be able to do. If you have one, you have many. They keep summoning more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they don't do that in 5th Ed. Um, but he can summon a bunch. He can also teleport up to 120 feet. But he has legendary actions. Um, Scythe, is, Scythe is one of them. The uh, teleport is one of them. So he's bopping around the fucking battlefield as well. Yeah. But if he uses all three of his legendary actions, he, quote unquote, calls the void. So anyone within 15 feet is getting hit with this damage around him. Um, he's doing more necrotic damage with his multi attack three times. If you get reduced to zero, you're dead. There's no death saves involved here, mm. and the and uh, you're getting exhausted as you go. But then he calls the void. Each creature that is not a construct or undead within 30 feet of Igorl must make a DC attempt uh, DC 22 con saving throw. Um, uh, against his attempt to unmake life. It's 12d6 necrotic damage Um, on a failed save, half as much as on a successful one. And he heals that amount or half of that amount, whatever he does. And he hits everybody at once. So 12d6 is an average of 42. You take 42, you take 42, you take 42. That's 21 each. I just healed 62. Yeah.
0: I also like the term unmake life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's not killing. He's just undoing. I'm undoing it. Yeah.
0: I'm just I'm just taking it back.
1: So I, I ran across him in the finished folio, uh, which I was like, we're recording this so far in advance. I was I was recording that like three days ago, and I I clapped and danced when I found more slotty bullshit. You're
0: like, yay, yay! I did it,
1: and I did it on air too. If you go back and listen to it, I have a little a, there's a little celebration, <laughs> yay! So this is like four months later. It's finally paying off <laughs> um, for the listeners, but um, but yeah. This made me like Death Slot more though, mm. because I can see now the progression through gray, through green, even, all the way up to becoming one of these lords of the slotty, right? Yeah, mm.
0: there's your goal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and they don't want more lords, there are like a handful of them, they don't want lots.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
1: so. I wonder
2: if that's how the first slot got Death Slot made, right? It was Yagoral being like you were the chosen one and imparting part of the negative energy into it right like he's basically picking knights
1: or or maybe yeah yeah or maybe he went into the negative plane with other great little army yeah Yeah. right and everybody else died and so he brought them out and he's like hey eat this
0: you must survive eat this, eat this dying corpse yeah yeah (laughs) i love that logic
1: so anyway i ran across that i thought it was a cool little thing to end off not okay. many people are going to have access to that stat block, but if you're running a slot campaign up through tier four and send them is one half of it, Egoral is the other half of it. Yeah. And that stat block does exist for fifth edition. Mm. I imagine
2: you're not going to ever see them in the same place. Like, right? Like, well, one's left. a homebody and yeah. one has Wanderlust. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, this is why Limbo is not on my bucket list. No? No.
0: Not a vacation place. For <laughs> not you, my not. vacation place. <laughs>
1: So, um, there are, you, you thought I was done. We're not done with all the different kinds of stuff. Kyle's like, wrap the fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, we're like two and a half hours. Are we? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, I'll go through this really, really quick. Um... So, Igoril is who is the Lord of Entropy, as I said, personally selects certain voids, uh, uh, Black Slotty, to undergo a special transformation, uh, turning them into um, Entropics, which is even more powerful. They are his closest followers, but far more fragile than normal Black Slotty, um, and uh, they are far more direct. They will charge right into battle, because when they die, they become miniature black holes. <laughs> on, on the I become the Void. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah. I, I am the void, we are the void, you will yeah. be the void. Too. <laughs> Shoot for the stars,
2: and even if you miss, you let them... You become a void. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot for the moon,
1: and even if you miss, you become a void. <laughs> but, yeah. he, but, but here's the thing, the black the uh, black holes are... Um, they drift, but they are sentient. Fair. Which means, with all the telepathy shit going on too, they can communicate with the... Uh, yeah. With Igorl as well. Um, if a black slot becomes too powerful, though, uh, and and he doesn't need more entropics, he will just kill them because uh, fuck this noise. I don't want competition. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. um, they're all, all slot. No, regardless of level, are uh, constantly yeah. worried about competition. Yeah.
1: Now, just as a little footnote, just to wrap this up, we don't have stats for the, any of this shit in the in fifth edition. No, no white or black or uh, slotty or Goremeal. Gourmil are okay. So in pure chaos, you accidentally sometimes create law yeah. because you just by law of averages. Oops. Yeah. So they create. <laughs> the, so some slotty exists that are lawful and and are out there to fight the slot. They team up with the Giths Array, uh or the gitzarei out there. So they are walking around limbo as well with all of the abilities that the slotty have to like withstand the the elemental chaos. Yeah. However, they're they're good guys. You can team up with them. There's also mud slotty. Which are lesser than Red Slotty and are... Yeah, I think it got too
2: convoluted in previous editions. Like, they did so many. Like, even with... There was Blue and Red. There was Red Juggernauts. And then there was Blue Digesters I saw. And then probably with Green, they had a second form as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. the crazy thing is that they were shifting and changing all of the time. And they were some of the big bands. Like Devils and Demons are in 5th edition. Slotty were a existential threat in, in previous editions. Mm. They were one of the big ones. They got reduced down to five boring stat blocks in the monster manual. Yeah. And some cool lore. Yeah. right? Um, And so, neat, you can go deep with this shit when you go digging into it. Which is kind of my point here to wrap it up. Is, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fun shit to do with slotty. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. In the previous episode we did with it too, I, I made the suggestion of you know corralling a bunch of different kinds of people to figure out what yeah. combination makes the best.
1: That that's some uh, that's some genetic manipulation shit. Nah,
2: right there. some yeah. u-
1: weird ass eugenics. I'm
0: like looking at Anyways. you in a very different way now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you when you gotta play bad guys, you gotta think like bad guys. Yeah. Oh
0: my god, your search history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways
2: so before we wrap up this episode let's cut to our last ad break
3: if you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community you can reach us on facebook and instagram or on our subreddit r slash it's a mimic also if you're feeling particularly generous please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews likes and comments engagement like that help us pop up on search engines and keep the show running
1: guys have any final thoughts before we wrap this episode up uh, i think we pretty much covered it all use them yeah, <laughs> yeah use them and and love them
0: well I, 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 to be fair i had no i usually you'll use the classic ogres and like whatever for your your little bads your kobolds when i always tell you to talk to like mm. you always use those these ones are ones that i don't see ever or often enough in my mind
1: D- I won't use them in a campaign unless the point is to fucking use them. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, these are. this is not a... Oh, by the way, you'll run into an odd yugoloth in my campaign. Or, hmm. hey, a demon pops up to make a deal, right? Or a devil. And, yeah. Like, oh, the fae are dicking about in the next village over. Now, Slotty are... They're a fucking issue. It's like, I don't bring in a lich until I'm going to use the lich. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's
0: fair. Yeah. All right, so that's all for our conversation on Slotty in 5th edition. Make sure that you subscribe or follow and check back regularly to see what inspirations and insights we'll have for you in the future. Next week, we'll be looking into some of the dynamic aspects of the battlefield that have the potential to spice up the boring and simplistic combat of 5th edition.
2: Thank you for listening to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com. A store with some It's a Mimic merch and a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're gonna get. This time you got a knot of toads.
0: Knot yeah. of toads. N- again, I'm gonna make a a sweet like a uh, cavern tavern. Just yeah. the, <laughs> the, the naughty toad.
1: They're going to be spelled and We do not swad shame on this
0: We don't shame. Yeah.
3: This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits and don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations.
0: check check i like to make noises with my mouth hole
2: check one two you guys
0: are
3: awesome would you fuck me i'd fuck me okay see you next time